Dissect podcast. I'm not going to use the late night voice because it's not yet late night. However, we are late. <laughs> Hence, the topic, as Michael has just suggested, shall be punctuality this evening. All right, and that's it, folks. We got nothing. No one has known how to deal to with such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I made a comment, literally, I don't know, maybe a couple podcasts ago, talking about punctuality and how to kind of like erase this notion of time being important. Mm-hmm. Until I was reminded by somebody who doesn't take that serious at all. Like he pushes the boundaries of time being important by like, 45 up to 24 to hour. hours yeah, at yeah, a time. Yeah. And then, oh no time is very important i'm gonna start being a fucking dick about it again <laughs> so i have completely reversed my position of two weeks ago i now set an alarm and you know all that stuff so so now i'm gonna have to make sure that i remember which episode that was in and i send that one before this one <laughs> so that the <laughs> It, so it seems backwards. No, no, no. Oh, uh, so it goes in actual. So it goes in actual equations. chronological order. I've been actually thinking about that lately. Is we just just should post them as we make them. Yeah, probably. That's probably easiest. Because thinking that we can, you know, <laughs> choose an appropriate time or orchestrate like, oh wait, there's too much bike talk lately. <clears throat> we need to do something else. Has it, there been too much? bike talk lately Ah. there was like a couple there was like four episodes in a row where we were talking about bikes but i don't know if that's too much yeah i I mean we could just make this a bike podcast and tell everybody to fuck (laughs) (laughs) off well hey i can i i can say that kenton bought some e mountain bike oh yeah thing and he thinks it's the most amazing thing and i would agree like talk like i made fun of him for it just like everybody will and the best comment was um when Joe came in and Kenton was deadlifting and Kenton was like, Hey, do you want to do this with me? And he's like, yeah, do you have a fucking motor that'll take 50% of the weight off for me? (laughs) (laughs) That was my impression of Joe, by the way. And I thought, (laughs) you need to be a little bit more nasal. (laughs) And it was super, it was like, nice. But I will, I'll excuse Mark and Mark Mark will go a different way, but I'll say, I really don't like give a shit. If you get on a motor and that gets you outside and you're at least doing something rather than nothing 50% of pedaling is better than no pedaling yeah and it's also what are, are you masquerading as a mountain biker or are you just getting outside and having some fun that, and that's what yeah yeah you're not like passing an expensive, people actually, yeah, yeah. An expensive I'm sorry, for motorized bikes on mountain bike trails yeah. that's a no-go yeah sorry if there's if there if no, no, it's, it's, not a mo- it's not an M bike. It's an E bike. Hashtag clothesline. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. He's still pedaling. He's still yeah. pedaling. Yeah, it's assist. E assist. So this. you're still going through the motions, looking like you're doing it. But everybody well, but isn't knows. that the same as doing the thing? <laughs> well, if I got if you got the t shirt, yeah, and you'd have got the right brands, and you look like you're doing it, then you know. No, no, I'll give you one better. You don't even you don't need to have the t-shirt 
or the brand or to even look like you're doing it. Just talk. Just talk the talk. Not not walk the walk. Wait, am I confused? Oh, no, no. I mean, I think both were. Because I think someone's talking a little bit too much. Well, on an e-assist bike, you have the lung capacity to talk because you're not exercising. Because you're actually you're not exercising. <laughs> exactly. Efficiency. <laughs> so you that's can, what it is. It, e is for efficiency. So you're so you so can actually take calls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a Bluetooth headset for sure. Like you're at work. Uh, if you have an e-bike. But I will say so. Okay. Kendrick so, got an e-bike, but then he actually bought another bike as well. Yeah, because but some days he needs to do the e-bike protocol. Rather than just the, yeah. the regular bike. I don't Rather know than who'd... optimize his fitness using an actual bike. <laughs> to, to be fair, it like... Come on, let's get all the band add, words in. Well, it let's added go. a lot of volume to his training. No shit. Like, he goes out every morning for like an hour and a half. Yeah. You just added an hour and a half of 50%, uh, you know, effort. So, he's, so he got 45 minutes worth of work out of 90. Well, I would say... Is he's he a millennial? Doing, I would say he's doing 90 minutes at 50% max heart rate or whatever see look at you how do you think when did you become an optimist i don't know i've always been an <laughs> so <optimist>. the cynical <laughs> optimist club cynical for, optimist for club. which there is an ad in the classifies of raise three <laughs> cynical optimism they hold, they hold the damn it don't hit me with urls i'm already <laughs> We're back to that, folks. The yes. Nihilist Church of Utah? Can yeah. that be the other one? <laughs> <laughs> no one comes because they don't believe in time. <laughs> they don't believe in organization. No, it's like, I was going to go, but it doesn't really fucking matter. So Why should I go? <laughs> they don't even have a place to go because yeah. they didn't think it mattered either. <laughs> we have to have a place so they can, once in a while, they show up and complain about why they showed up. And it's like, it's not, there's no purpose in this, is there? No, no, no. Okay, we'll see you next year. Yeah. You know, <laughs> or whenever next who cares about time? What's Exa- time? I was going to say, what, like, next um, undefinable time interval. Yeah. Yeah. Let's God, is that where my, like, disassociation with time being important came from? Was just oh, being like, bring it. man, that doesn't, it doesn't even... have to be right here, but just here? a little bit. Yeah. Better? Just shove the black yeah. thing in your face really close to your mouth. Uncomfortably close is usually the best. Okay. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Perfect. I don't uh, know where that came from. Is it my deep nihilist sense? That I also go, time doesn't matter either because we're all going to die. So, <laughs> Well, people have sort of turned cell phones into a reason to be late. Like if you ever had yeah. someone say, I'll be there in five minutes when they say they're going to be there. If they say 1.30, then they text you at 1.27 and say, I'll be there in five minutes. And then they show up at 1.40, 1.45. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, oh, I can, I can play with my time. Sure. I, I can play with time a little bit just by notifying the person who might yeah. be expecting me that makes me seem to... punctual. Yeah, I or told you I was going to be there at or, or 1.37. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. I didn't think about it like that. Oh, yeah. There's all sorts of weird, insidious things that can happen with a cell phone. That one might be one of them. The Well, so that... Uh, Are selfies the other? Well, well, I thought about it like time is only like 100 years old. Like, in the, okay, people are going <laughs> to... Okay. Like, uh, that we... That, how? What's the timer at mark for the rabbit hole? <laughs> I, I'm not. We're pulling, talking, I, we started talking about punctuality. What are you talking about? I'm dead on topic. <laughs> I, I, I'm not pulling his ankles back on this one because I want to know you, where this goes. Time is 100 years old. Can please. you even put 100 years 
in the same like de- a definition of yeah. the age of time. Wait a second. I'm just gonna go. I'm. I'm mm-hmm. just. Okay, go I, ahead. I, I, I'll, I'll wait. I, okay, you wait. Yeah. You wait. Let me be punctual or yeah. interrupt well, no, no, or no, no, whatever. No, no. I'm gonna take your time that you thought you had already. <laughs> taken it's no such thing so take all you want <laughs> you take my gold too it's just a construct <laughs> well i was um okay so time is a hundred years old i got i'm stuck on this whole bcad thing i would that. i would be i would be is that a supplement bbc no 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 we're for for sure we need to make it a supplement which is bc forward slash ad I don't know what's going to be in it. It should make you feel younger. It should. I don't know what the, for, what the BC can be, but the AD could be Adderall. Well, I was gonna, if it's BC, okay. So we, I, I think, I think that's just have, be short, short for the BCAAs. Yeah, and just make Guys. it BCAD. Wait, I like that. I like the inclusion of Adderall, just in um, you know non significant amounts or insignificant. Yeah. we just we can enough that we can claim it no i don't think that's going to be proprietary legal. blend i think it's proprietary think, yeah, blend. so it's hidden in the pro- that proprietary could, blend i'm gonna nail it focus. right now it's okay. called the supplement is called anno domini <laughs> right <laughs> wow. wait wait for it yeah it's gonna say supplement your transubstantiation that's <laughs> holy shit <laughs> boom and if it. you can pronounce it your first dose is free <laughs> <laughs> It's an unleavened bread flavor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the, the logo's a guy scratching his head. Like, yeah. like, like, <laughs> like, what, the guy on a cross? Like There's that? definitely yeah, a boulder guy. moved outside of a cave on the cover okay. I'm seeing. I'm seeing there we go. Something like that. I, was, I think that's the special right, edition. So, so that's, that's the caveman coffee version. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I also think... Caveman just took on a totally new meaning. I can't believe I ever thought about that. Lazarus was paleo? (laughs) No, no, no. He was uh, ancestral. (laughs) Whatever. It's politically correct now because you don't want to discriminate against, you know, various folks on that timeline poster that we see from crawling... Well, swimming to upright. Someone in there is going to get discriminated against, but most well, of them triathletes. Are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So you had a point, yeah. Michael, and then I we well, took it. We we rabbit hole. No, it. so we said a hundred. I said it's about a hundred years old. Here's where we'll go with it. Okay. I noticed you did a little research in the meantime. Just to, no, no, just that, was to, a, that was uh, a text message. No, no, it's it's definitely from the like future. The or? idea of time. <laughs> the idea of time is longer than that. But the actual concept, like concept that we use today of direct, you know, exact time. Oh, you mean daylight savings? Yeah, because well, so what's a second based off of? The first? No, we had to reverse engineer what a second is because we had to make something that was universal just like like a kilo is a measurement for a weight there's an actual piece of metal in france somewhere that's right. a kilo which we're changing um but that that's what we measure everything all weight is constructed on a variation or a ratio or something based off of what a kilo is time is the same and i, I forgot the molecule but it's how many times a molecule vibrates in that given it like it's like 449 million point whatever this molecule vibrates that's what a second is so now we have something to measure against wait wait it. I'm, i i need to i need to stop you right now are you inferring and i may this may be a stretch maybe a leap maybe a little bit too late yeah. 
that there is imperial time and there's metric time. Because <laughs> metric time would be easier to understand. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be super straightforward and Americans would totally diverge and go a different way. So exactly. <laughs> it would be 100 seconds. We'd, we'd, we'd actually be 32.2. It gets even worse. Okay. It gets so much worse. No, than but we could, we could go back to having yellow headlights. <laughs> oh, wait, we never did that. Hey. <laughs> You know, some people are trendsetters, some people are not. Yeah. <laughs> some <laughs> trends don't catch on. That's okay. You know, was, a, was it, cool. It, and it's like being ginger. Does, it, you know, it didn't really catch on. It, so, yeah. Forging innovation. and other Because other people couldn't catch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like a genetic disease. So. <laughs> so, so there's this construct that we've reverse engineered based on what we said a second is. And you could go like, oh, no, we base it, everything off the sun, you know, uh, it's uh, the Earth's revolution around the sun, but we don't. Otherwise, we would go off of a year, and that year would change. We go off of like a calendar year, but we move that date, so we have to have a leap year. So everything that we have, we have to have time changes anyway. We change because, you know, daylight savings. But if that mattered, like if time actually mattered, we couldn't set back an hour because it was so strict. So time is already an abstraction of just an idea about the Earth revolving around the sun. That's why maybe 100 or 150 years ago, we started taking like exact time and calling it atomic time. Which one of those guys lost his life on an argument similar to this? Oh, that's well, uh, that was Pythagoras. So, or, so is there Co- Kelvin time? Yeah, in the, in the <laughs> Copernicus? No, well... <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, Copernicus didn't lose his. I think it was house arrest. So, he, for that, a guy to whom partying was a big deal, I was kind of like losing his life. But I, I, I don't remember why. Guys, I just come remember to these my people. house. They're like, fuck again. Fuck again. Like, I, I was going to go to Copernicus's house. So, so the idea in the I first be, place, I would go. I hate his couches. The idea in the first place is that time changes anyway. He's <laughs> the best house guest. It Tremendous cha- house guest. <laughs> the best. Only the best. Uh, so it changes anyway, right? So we make all these things thinking, but if we actually, if we were actually following like a, a real calendar year, it would actually shift, right? So January 1st would, is the new year, that, but eventually but... it'd be January 2nd by like seven minutes or something. Each year it would change. We don't go off of that, so we just rewrite time. Every so, time we rewrite so it. So what I'm hearing is... I, that's what the Chinese do. I, can just, I was going to say that there is a different year. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it moves. And there are your moves around. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think the Mayans did as well. Like, they, they moved according to what it should be. But we don't. We just write our own fucking rules in it. We're just like, oh, no, this is when it happened. So when time was tracked before, it was usually, okay, high noon defines it's either past high noon or before high noon. So sundials were the way to check time. Fast forward maybe just a couple hundred years, and now we're like, oh, they're like a minute late, and you're like, eh, that doesn't really matter because we don't track that shit anyway. Like, after high noon, <laughs> well, yeah, or or you know, like you know, last week the hour was ahead, and now it's behind, so we don't really give a shit about accuracy anyway. And so I'm going to didn't stop. even know what a second was until we redefined it through you know particle research. So I think what moving forwards, mm-hmm. I'm just going to start scheduling things based on random time zones. Awesome around the world. Like, I like Delhi time today. <laughs> well, so. the, then we get even stranger, right? Because then time moves differently at different parts of the world. So that's are, for sure. Are we according, getting stranger? Well, no, I mean, according is- to, L, I mean, <laughs> literally, like if you take atomic time and if I'm higher, time moves faster. If I'm clo- closer to mass, it moves slower. 
to sum Stumped. that up, that is punctuality. Well, <laughs> coming off of a three week, literally finite time schedule, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of time right now, mm. you know. I would much rather it was elastic in some places and and variable so think of all the shit you got done in the limited time you were given oh yeah <laughs> and how much time you lost off the back end of your life I'm because sure of it two or three years <laughs> so we didn't yet introduce our friend no we didn't so i'm glad we had like a half an hour hiatus talking about bullshit <laughs> it was only 15 minutes and 55 seconds okay well, so it felt like forever in <laughs> it felt, it, and but but really that number is irrelevant mark it, it yeah. is i just noticed that it's continuing moving which basically means that it's become it's that represents the patriarch okay let's just For go with that because sure. i was going to talk about acoustic <laughs> signals becoming okay. zeros and ones and digitized into a I, I, little I, thing that you know whatever so so you're using the mix pro is is this the atomic mix, time tracker mix, mix pre? No, no, no. I, I know because I only do atomic. It's, that one was more expensive. Okay, I went with the kind of freestyle one. Okay, which it just suits my personality a little better. I mean, it's less less strict. It's on ish and time. It's on yeah. ish time exactly. It says, yeah, there's eight ish hours left available on this card. So if you want it, it, it should it, just say like, you still have enough time to get a good night's rest. And eventually it's like, you don't have enough time <laughs> <laughs> again. We're back to the high noon thing. It's either before or after it's either the sun's, sun's coming up or the sun's going down. That's going to be the watch that I design. It's like eventually once it passes certain times, just like, just stay up. I think, <laughs> I, I, I think I may try, try to schedule client deadlines based on sunsets by sunset on the 14th day mm. nice your project will be complete I, I, that would they'd probably think that's creative that would be nice and wouldn't that be nice according to the jewish calendar nice and would be nice and 14th. easy well the nice and i think i'm not sure don't take someone's <laughs> gonna blast me but i think the nice and is tracking the moon phase eventually you'll be blasted enough and they'll just you know they'll just tire of it <laughs> you think that <laughs> well apparently so, so paul oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, um i don't, i'm, I'm I, here mark's here yes ross mcgarvey is back in the room with us thankfully based on us forcing him back into it <laughs> and we're joined by a mr paul becker Hey guys, <laughs> Canadian, Lo long time listener, first time caller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly it. Oh, <laughs> so give us your job description, or mm. no, 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 because see that takes us down the rabbit hole of like what we do is who we are. Okay, make up a job description. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> your ideal job description. Yeah, right. In three, two, well, one. You're 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 here to you're here to interview. Uh, we have many options available for positions here at the nonprofit event center. We even center. have a corner office. <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's funny you bring that up because I've always wanted the title Crimson Bashar and no one would give it to me. <laughs> I've always been like, can I have this? Like I worked in a startup and they're like, you know, you guys can have any title you want. And I was like, how about Crimson Bashar? I'd like a red card. And everyone just looked at me like what do you want? And I was like, well, lots. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would, I, I'd print the business, you know, with Moo, I can print 25 business cards at a time. It's a pretty low investment actually. So I definitely give you the, I get that. <laughs> yeah, no, so I know. So red, 
red on the front of the card and black on the back? Are we yeah. like going with the anarchy colors or? I'd be like uh, red and then another color of red, like matte red with a gloss, gloss red. Gloss red. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, you could even like go a like scarlet embossed. with a candy gloss over Something it. like that, yeah. Nice. Yeah. It'd be like something that you have to frustrate, the, like, what is this? Yeah, oh, you, it only... Wait, you know, divulges the pertinent information if it's held in the particular angle. You're looking for a designer to make you something that's hard to do and kind of goes against what everybody else tries to do. Ding, 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 ding. Meet Michael. (laughs) (laughs) I think I found your person. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. There you go. This card needs to happen, actually. I believe it does. Uh, (laughs) Why are you handing me this blank piece of... Is Bashar, B-A-S-H-A-R? Yeah, straight out of Dune. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Probably the best book I ever read. So oh, okay. I always nice. wanted that Bashar in my title. Yeah. So, but no, my title is, uh, I think they, I gave myself the title SVP production. Ooh, that's, I'm a senior vice president. <laughs> like semi vice president. <laughs> semi. <laughs> that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> so when you give you a senior vice president, it's like you're the older, not in charge guy. You know? Been here long enough. So senior means that make you means feel you have good. seniority. That's Tenure. Right. Vice means you have no power. That's right. President is just a useless word. That's at least right. here say, in our country right if now. If we translated those, it would just be been here a long time, powerless, and still here. That would almost that would almost sum it up. Present, not not president. Present. Vice yeah. president. Senior vice president. <laughs> Another card that needs to happen. <laughs> there you go. I could probably change that. No one would notice. No, I, I don't think they would. I could put no. it in my well, email. So I always wanted a business card that uh, was blank on one side. And when they flip it over, it says, you're going to throw it away at any way. And it has no information whatsoever. <laughs> oh, here's my card. And then they... Or or you could you could pull out your business card, then take out a pen (laughs) and write write your contact information on it, and come up with a new. uh, Today I'm a CEO. You could could like autograph it. Yeah, you know you put a signature on it. You're like it's personalized, or have something frustrate like uh, have like magic ink so they have to hold it under a black light. Disappearing ink, this business card is only useful for 24 hours. Yes. Just light it on fire. You'll see it. <laughs> Ross is like, there we go. Yeah. I can uh, take one of my T-shirt screens ooh. and burn some print on onto it. And I'll bet you could, in cardstock, you could probably use invisible ink on cards. Ooh. If it's thick. Yeah, if it's thick enough. We might be doing something. <laughs> it's not useful something. It's totally yeah, a waste of time. I, We're getting into the stationary business now. Uh, Things have advanced. <laughs> Non-profit stationary. <laughs> le- le- a char- charming letterhead. Envelopes. You know. So, oh, that's good. Crimson the- Bashar. <laughs> yes, the Crimson Bashar. I was going to agree with you on the most important book I ever read. Right. Yeah, that, Actually, because... that book really was a vector for me. And it didn't help that the main character's name was Paul. So I was like, oh, oh right. it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you must have been super bummed out when that movie came out then. You know what? I don't blame him for that movie. He got the look you judge down. judge him, but don't blame but him. But he was in the wrong system. This is not the right system for a guy like him. Yeah. You know, and that, that movie, that's a tough movie. It, it, it needed 
to be 18 hours long. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I and and people just locked in the theater. Like you're not you can get popcorn, you can get a colostomy bag. <laughs> I was going to say a pee bottle because hopefully. Where's <laughs> <laughs> the everyone up. Where's the commitment? You, can, you, know? like, you guys want to see this movie? This is how it's going down. They're making it again. It's happening right now. Is, is it, it really? Is yeah. it going to be a multi-part series? Two movies. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and the director is capable. So okay. let's see. You know. I mean, I didn't mind the movie that much. I thought, you know, well, we talked. We kind of talked about Sting was particularly well cast. I thought so. <laughs> actually, <laughs> I thought he actually was Fade Rautha. Yeah, and mm. and the Beast, like that guy was the Beast, and the Baron. Yeah, I actually liked the fact that the Baron was like diseased. Oh like, yeah, right. As one sh- as as he should be, yeah. and like Giddy Prime literally looks like Edmonton, Alberta. Where it's like all refineries and like you just live in refineries. That's what you do. Because the spice must flow. Yeah. This is right. the Dune podcast now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. And it should be. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about this a little bit earlier because the nature of storytelling is kind of changing, especially with big budget movies and oh my God, is the never. success of Netflix. Uh, like you, you almost can't tell a story short form anymore, especially like such a complex story like Dune or, or anything like Lord of the Rings. But the reason it's changing is because the means exist now with which to yeah. tell it yeah. in modern parlance, yeah. let's say, mm-hmm. that you that you could break it down into six two-hour episodes yeah. as opposed to a one 12-hour movie, mm-hmm. which is what was would, would happen bef- you know, yeah. before. And, and the fact that, you know, as Ross was mentioning earlier, like I'm a binge watcher, mm-hmm. you know, that, that if you had to wait for each weekly installment, yeah. you know, when it came on the, the television on this – you know, whatever schedule, arbitrary schedule according to time, mm-hmm. which was irrelevant, but, you know, they made it. It's probably why it was made for TV. Um, but, because uh, if you can start chopping seconds off of a, you know, what used to be a 27 minute episode oh. and you can start making it 23 minutes and sell more I thought shit it was in the just meantime, to like you know, note like, the time that Ann Coulter is on TV so you can turn it off. <laughs> That's why time exists. But you're right. There's there's an interesting thing going on in the sense that um, with TV series and binge watching, you can get a better sense of a character over multiple episodes than in that two-hour format. And that two-hour format, therefore, is under pressure to be bigger than a TV series. Yes. And it's getting, Il- in my opinion, watered down. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say elaborate. <laughs> well, yeah. you can't hide okay. it like, anymore. Like it, it, like in, in the idea that okay, we need to, in in our two hour movie, we need to make it more important and have a greater impact than the culmination or the accumulation of all those different episodes in those series. And yeah. so, therefore, the two hour movie is now has to be over the top. Yep, and in a way, it's weird. Like Aristotle actually said that a story has to happen very, like in a very short period of time. So in a sense, they should be able to accomplish that in, in big budget films. It's debatable whether they do. But they're but it doesn't seem Okay, I don't I, I'm ideally this will steer us towards our topic, oh, yeah. which will be Wait, it wasn't about revealed at a later or date. Revealed at a later <laughs> date on another but we're gonna talk about the topic of this podcast, but we're on a later podcast. Um but but this this uh I don't think they do a better job of telling the stories. I think they're trying to basically engage more sense. Like 
in the way of, okay, let's put the maximum amount of sensory stimulus into these two hours Absolutely. as opposed to telling a good story. Like I just, you know, if you look at some of those, I mean, just go back and watch network. That movie could never be made today. Mm-mm. People would walk out. They'd be I like, I think it's boring. This yeah. shot has been on the screen for two and a half minutes mm-hmm. now. I feel real awkward. I've, <laughs> Because, well, and and it could never happen like that because, I I mean, and I'm sure somebody's done the study, people who, you know, make movies and decide, okay, the editing tempo has to be like this because if if one shot is on the screen for more than 15 seconds, someone's going to pick up their fucking phone. Yeah, it's two and a half (laughs) seconds is the number. I thought it was seven seconds. No, a shot longer than two and a half seconds is almost a violation. Like if it's longer than two and a half seconds, it needs to be super kinetic and basically impossible. When the fuck did that happen? I think like the born, like the born movies really ushered in this idea. Oh, where that, you can have a fight scene where like a whole bunch of shit happens, but nothing happens that you can tell. Even yeah, though it's like the Blair Witch mixed with some martial art movie, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it really just became this thing. Like people's attention span are, yeah, yeah. Are, have gone to movies where they want to be smacked in the face constantly. So you either cut fast or you... Uh, Violently shake the camera. Or you move the camera in an impossible uh, way. Okay. You do something that no huh. one can do with the camera. You follow a... My biggest thing was like the first uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Okay. They shot all these scenes with a guy and then they put the monkey in later and looked really good. But when the monkey went off by himself, suddenly the camera could follow him up a tree when he's yeah, going yeah, his little okay. adventure. And I thought that, that fucking sucks because now I'm kicked out of the illusion that this was a shot movie. Now I'm half in the computer, half not. Right. Now the monkey isn't a monkey. Now the monkey's, oh, it's really wonderfully rendered and it looks really lifelike. That, it, blew, that but destroyed it, but it, it had been life, actual life, actually lifelike before. It felt lifelike. Like, yeah. yeah. Because the physical thing of the camera, I mean, David Lynch himself, the first thing when digital video cameras came out, the first thing he said is put a big piece of metal on the bottom of your camera because the weight of moving a film camera is so ingrained in our mind that a light digital camera, the way it moves, already jolts you out of the narrative. Yeah. Um, Well, it can capture more frames per second than our eyes can, right? It's more just the way the camera moves. The flow. Yeah. There was a movie called The Player, right? Tim Robbins. Oh, I didn't see it. I know what it is. I've, I know what you're talking about, but I didn't see it. So could just go back and review the opening. Sh- I think it's the opening shot in that movie. Mm-hmm. Because it's a continuous shot for a considerable amount of time. Right. And it's one, like it just because of almost the intensity of the duration two words that don't usually go together you are as a viewer you become part of it because there is mm-hmm. nothing that that kicks you out right there's only everything that brings you into it and and deeper into it and by the time this is done you're fully invested you're there you know you're 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 inside of it and I, and and I almost feel like now um I mean, I would I would say it about Man of Steel, is that man the the story the beautiful storytelling 
leading up to the final abomination of 40 minutes, you know, 40 <laughs> minutes of, you know, shit getting smashed. Yeah. Um, that storytelling is, is fantastic. It's compelling. I was in, into it, even though I was kind of had to be into it, but, um, then by the end, when the world's getting blown up and buildings are getting smashed and guys are getting thrown through cities that then fall down and that, I just like, well, you know, the- oh, it took it, 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 for me, it was almost too, you know, I, I was, I was going to say two movies, but it's like, it's a really good movie. And then a kind of a bad sci-fi TV show. Then some ADHD shit happens. <laughs> The, uh, yeah, this is this is like you mentioned it before, like you going in from one scene to the next and then uh, because you have to, you know, suspend disbelief for storytelling. But that belief has to be contingent on some kind of reality. You have to set up a reality where this can be the believable thing. Mm-hmm. And I think most times we lose that really quickly. Like this is the thing that bothers. I don't care if there's a 45 minute fight scene because that can be interesting. Um but what I care about is that, like, they just ignored the physical laws of the universe. Like, you have two imposing forces on each other. They neutralize their great strength. It's like if I have a 250-pound fighter and a 100-pound fighter, that 100-pound fighter is going to go throwing through the air because that's how physics works. Yep. But I line him up with another 250-pound fighter, and suddenly they're just fighting. There's nothing extreme going on. And so that was the part that bothered me. It was just like... Oh, we just have two Gumbies throwing each other around. They totally ignored physics. Well, there's the thing. Okay, so not to harp on that movie because oh, it's any movie. Yeah, it's Transformers. But here's it's whatever. But here's the thing because I think it leads us into what we want to talk about is that your guys' job was to create people that were believably superheroes, mm-hmm. right? To be to see that person stand there and go, yeah, he's superhuman. I see capability. That's right. And that's what it was, his capability. So in that movie, that fight in the middle, the first time that Superman has to fight someone, they used a lot of the real actor. Mm-hmm. And they supplemented with CG. Yes. So that physicality you're talking about, that reality, was plausible. Mm-hmm. By the end, it was all CG. Mm-hmm. And that's when it falls away from us. Because your brain is so, so fast. And you don't have an entry point for connection. Right, like there's there, there's nothing with which I can identify that I'm seeing. Right, and so and I think you know, and the beauty of a lot of this, you know, a lot of imagery, whether it's moving or still or whatever, is to uh, is for me when my imagination allows me to place myself within that scene, mm-hmm. and all of the if it's if it's you know, I'll, I'll just say you know, hundred percent computer generated I, I i don't have a, a point of access because I'm, I'm meat i'm not numbers or however you know one might want to describe it we call them meat and, puppets okay yes <laughs> <laughs> also not a bad band back <laughs> in the day but um the, the maybe that is the the dis, the, the disconnection is that i can note that i no longer feel that i'm able to put myself in the scene mm-hmm. as soon as it becomes whether it's defying the laws of physics mm-hmm. or whether it's just too much zeros and ones or very or, or kinetic whatever. and or or, or too kinetic or stuff is just moving so and and i would say this was one of um 
Zach's greatest gifts to filmmaking in general was that statement of like, I want to make the actors as physical as possible. So I need, so I don't have to double them as much or create them digitally as much because that keeps people because a, we notice Mm -hmm. when there's a transition from actor to double, whether you, whether it's conscious or not, you notice. Um, And certainly when there's a transition to, purely digital you know from human to digital you, you you certainly notice that and then you start using phrases like oh it was remarkably lifelike You're like well just that's like a fail one shot before yeah exactly one shot before it was actually lifelike because it was a life it was a human life it was a person um and and so for for him to insist upon that level you know a, a high level of physicality from the actors um in the interest of make of telling the story but also making it more believable mm-hmm. that to me was i mean it's certainly one of the reasons that i signed up well and the funny thing is is during that time because i was around in a different capacity i honestly believed all those like everyone of those actors was capable of things that maybe I couldn't quite do because they had trained to a level that allowed them to do it. And I was around, like literally, I mean, not to be crass, but I literally was in a urinal with Jason Momoa and I'm like, fuck, that dude's huge. It's the same height as me, <laughs> but just the size of him. Take and- it was a urinal with no yeah, yeah, I was, I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, are you talk- I mean, stature? No, yeah. You know, I mean, well, hey, I didn't go that far with it. Maybe I should have, you know. Jason, <laughs> if you're story. listening, feel free to have a good laugh later. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But no, like, and being on set, like I remember being on set for uh, a scene in Justice League and, and there was a stunt double for a certain person, but it was Jason that was lifting up the person now they might use wires to accentuate it to because you know the style of the director was to be beyond real yes but it wasn't fake mm-hmm. you know like he had to lift somebody in the air yeah. to smash him against the wall i mean and the and the funny thing there is like okay you want to give it a certain amount of weight so it requires a certain amount of effort because effort is visible and it's identifiable and this was you know okay when when guys who shoot guns watch movies where guys shoot guns they just you know they laugh because mm-hmm. it's you know, but as a, as a climber, mm-hmm. I've traveled all over the world with really heavy fucking duffel bags and sometimes heavy packs, and so when I see someone lift up the you know the one hundred liter duffel bag casually with one arm and sling it over their shoulder, I'm like, that's full of balloons, <laughs> <laughs> and it or a bit of styrofoam it, or styrofoam or whatever, yeah. or you know, and and it does take me. I mean, I just have that that moment where I go, okay, that's also defying the laws of physics in a way. Whereas if you, if you, even if you're going to accentuate the result of Jason lifting the opponent or whatever, um, even if you accentuate the result, if you, if you make that individual weigh a certain amount in the beginning, then the effort to lift is actually real. And you notice that as an audience member, like this is something I can identify. I recognize what it is to lift something heavy. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, or, you know, maybe I've done it, maybe I haven't, but I know it when I see it. But if you take the styrofoam filled duffel bag and you throw it on or whatever, and it charge off to climb K2 or some bullshit, um, it's like, <laughs> well, that's 
hope there's actually something in there because you're going to need it once <laughs> you get a little higher. Some super lightweight gear. Yeah, but the, the, if you've the lightest. Had, the, the effort thing is interesting because that, that's one of the identifying factors about those like fake martial arts videos. Like the master would using his chi to knock his students on the ground at will. And you're like, oh, yeah, like that's just steven seagal <laughs> that's just not it's not even it's it's even worse like it's you know he can at least break an arm in a movie or whatever the the, the prop is that was an accident <laughs> that makes sense he didn't he, mean it he was <laughs> really apologetic afterwards. Yeah. you know with a lot of power comes responsibility and it might have been before he knew how to handle so much power um it's one of the later lessons. Yeah, you can see it. When, and when you see it, it's almost laughable when you're like, yeah, that's just not that's just not physically tenable. And why that's annoying is because in any story you're trying to tell, you want to believe that you can be a part of that. Or how far can I be a part of this thing? Nice can I use put myself? of tenable, by the way. Okay, yeah. you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does speak to it. It's like if you look at um, the old Superman, the original Superman, mm -hmm it still in a way holds up for some reason. Mm. And why is it? It's because it's always Christopher Reeve. Mm -hmm. And he was a big guy. He was a big dude. And what, like 6'4"? Yeah, 6'4", 230 or something like that. See, I was going to say, you said, why does it hold up? I'm, and I was about to say. His underwear? Marlon Brando. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Just, <laughs> well, without a doubt. Did They stacked the deck on that. <laughs> you know, but but that's the thing is like, we're in a place now with, with film. And I think this, again, back to the point of TV series, why they take more. It's TV series don't have money to do huge visual effects. They can do some visual effects, but they have to rely on acting and character and drama and... And a good story. A good story. Dialogue, yeah. And that's why we get into it. You know, whereas the uh, movies, it's hit or miss. Uh, so I have uh, this... I have a theory. <laughs> I'm not and sure. Just enlighten us. I'm not sure it should be public, but I'm about to go ahead and make that mistake. We can always we can always edit, edit it later. No, 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 no. We're not gonna. No, no. I only edit my mistakes out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So <laughs> here's why we, whether we admit it or not. I, I'm going to say subconsciously, we do not appreciate Superman as a character. That's the nicest way I can say it. In reality, I can say he can't be a hero, and that's because he's perfect. And we do not like perfection anymore now that we have uncovered the falsities of mythology. Like, Are you about to talk about the Matrix, how the original no. construct was utopian and it rejected? <laughs> Is this where we're going? No, I'm talking about like in, the, like in mythology, our heroes are always like, you know, demigods. And then as we get more and more... I like the idea of qua quasi-gods. Yeah, quasi-gods. <laughs> not quite. Not, for sure, not a semi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but... The, this idea that the further we get down, now I'm going to have to get my URL. It's definitely a brand of supplements. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right next to the Anno Dimitri. Yeah, exactly. Pre-workout <laughs> is that available for sale in gas stations? <laughs> it shall be done. <laughs> That's the fucking tagline. We are for sure making a fucking supplement line just for fun. Um, but this idea that the the like the hero is this perfect being that shows us how to be more perfect that was the attachment also because life was so fucked up we would look up like if you lose you know 6 out of fucking 8 children 
then life is pretty hard and you're going to look up to a being that has an experience that's different than yours because life is too fucking hard. So perfection then is something that you can like, you know, lean towards. And as we get further in this civilization, when life is so easy, actually we're more attracted to fucked up things now. Now our heroes are semi-evil. Like we like Deadpools, we like Batmans, we like, you know, humans that have faulty sides. Those are more attractive to us. But I think it's also evolved over over time because you think about, you know, when Superman first appeared in like mm-hmm. Action Comics 1. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the think about the the time frame that it was then it was like exactly oh you know it, he was, I don't I don't even know what year was that depression is like 30, 19 13 oh okay th- 38 maybe check it. I thought it was the 20s. 27 yeah I, th- I was gonna say 27 or 28 I could be wrong though I, I could too because I don't let us consult shit. the mighty Google well, well yes. let's just talk about Please that but, but the that's the on. that goes on the exact point as you go the generation matters because my my parents and my grandfather and grand grandmother would totally appreciate a character like Superman because they come from a time when everybody was corrupt and fucked up and therefore they're like trying to move towards a being that's perfect and does the right thing. And nowadays, like kids look at Superman, they're like, what a fucking loser. Like he doesn't have to try real hard or like he doesn't even have a Lambo. Like <laughs> <laughs> Bruce has a Lambo. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 1938. Yeah. But I, I always, okay. Oh, it is okay. 1938. Yeah, okay. I always appreciated Superman for before he became Superman. Yes. His frustrations over the mm-hmm. fact that like in the original one, his dad's like, you're not here to score touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that part of him. And I actually like the part of him when he decides to step up to like General Zod mm-hmm. and stuff like that. What I don't like is when he has every power in the world. Like, oh, yeah. I can assemble things with my breath and I've got heat vision and I can lift anything. And that becomes boring. Uh, you know, I was, I was attracted because when we first did the interviews for EPK for Man of Steel, they were like, so... Like, who is your favorite superhero? And I was just like, I fucking hate Superman. I'll tell you that much. Oh. And it was re- like, no, really. And I'll tell you why. Zach changed that view of Superman for me because he made it about like, you don't know that you're great. And if all you're comparing yourself to is people around you that can't do these things, you have to dig really deep to figure that out, that you have ability beyond what other people even know about. And that is relatable mm-hmm. because I think most people should look around them, see people, what they're capable of, and they should try to go beyond it. And if that's what that movie did for, I mean, I had to kind of take back that interview after, because that's what I had learned, like watching the movie, that that's what he wanted to get across. So it was about like, well, why do I feel strange? Well, you have to figure out that you can break people's necks somehow. Yep. And he's reading a copy of the Republic when he's a teenager. Yeah. Right. There's a anyone that's like an Easter egg or be yeah. like, holy shit. Right. You know, mm-hmm. that's an important point. It's just unfortunate that he ends up fighting a computer generated nothing thing yeah. at the sure. end. But mm-hmm. also on his own, like, on Krypton, he's unremarkable. Sure. You know, it's, it's so again. Well, it, he was quite young at the time. <laughs> <laughs> give, the, give a guy a chance. He's just an infant. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I, I I was always a Superman fan mm. growing up, and what I think came out of Man of Steel was, and even in the original Supermans, there's conflict. Yeah, even yeah. though he's not human, he's been raised in a human environment, and so there's conscience and there's a little bit of conflict. Even though he's essentially the Messiah of, you know, sure of, of things that 
there was kind of a not a crack in the facade but the facade wasn't polished yet hmm. it was still kind of rough as, to be uh, fair i was like a spawn and image comics fan no you, doubt the, yeah, yeah, the max that was my did like, you ever read jam. lobo yeah lobo that's why i thought they should have pulled jason momoa for oh, he was lobo been, they're yeah. making when lobo. they oh, with not Jason, but that's gonna be on TV. How about uh, Finn? Expect, any... expect to be disappointed. Ah, shit. Yeah. Are they bringing Lorenzo Lamas back? <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly cast. <Yeah. laughs> I think they should remake Spawn because oh, that was totally. something that they are remaking it. Are they? Yeah, it's gonna be a film noir. It's gonna be. A, it's not a superhero film. He wants awesome. to make it. Just like the Joker movie that's gonna yeah. come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. restricted because that's Killing Joke, isn't it? I think that's the thing, but I don't know if uh, Batman's even in it. Oh, you know, interesting. I mean, and so on that point, Batman's an interesting character because the Dark Knight came out and everyone loved it. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he's flawed. Yeah, yeah. He's very dark. Yep. He's got issues. Mm-hmm. Which, when I was like twenty-five, I was like, "Yeah, I got issues. I'm dark. Yeah. My fucking issues have issues. Yeah. I, w- I want to be a ninja. <laughs> Wait, yeah. I don't have a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, if I like brood a lot, is that going to help me? <laughs> <laughs> I can think about Lambos even if I don't own any. Yeah. <laughs> so I so I, I was a big Batman guy as, yeah. as well. And the first time I read Nightfall, mm-hmm. if you read mm-hmm. that storyline, Mark's like, Phew. you're probably on a mountain somewhere. You know what I mean? You were actually not falling. <laughs> no, I, I did read comic books when I was younger. I spent you know a fair amount of money on comic books. Not one of the superheroes that has been any movie I've seen has were the ones that I was into but go on with Nightfall well, well Nightfall's what and uh, the story of Bane yeah okay but it's so much better it's, better, it's like the comic book storyline because there's a bunch of it's kind of like um, Reign of the Superman after Death of Superman mm-hmm. you know where all these other super, the different versions Superman the show, come yeah. up like John Henry Irons and and all that um, but Azrael comes in and basically plays like a mechanized Batman. But Azrael is a character unto his own own right. And it, it's and he has to rehab himself back, you know, and I mean he's had his back broken. Yeah. And I think that there's no amount of money that <laughs> he's a billionaire, but it's not the money that fixes him. Hmm. You know, it's not the money that puts him back in the suit. It's the mind, it's the willpower. And you know, you, you, you read that story and you're like you just stayed up and got drunk night after night and probably abused your, your opiates that you were prescribed because that's the kind of character that he uh, is that Giuseppe? I don't know what um, <laughs> but that's it but you know the, the Batman even though he was a billionaire uh, as Bruce he's much much more relatable in a weird way yeah in the sense that you you kind of wanted to be like him even though you're like do I want to have like this dark traumatic past that I can't get over but at least you're human no but you that want you want the you want the uh, you want all the things that are involved in that because the outcome you do want yeah and th- this is the separation between anybody wanting something they're like oh man I'd really like to look like that or have that ability and you're like but that is a lot of pain like no matter what the the adaptation is whether it's a lot of money it, that's a lot of pain 
like that's late nights, that's jobs that you don't normally want to take, that's working nonstop or, you know, to forge an empire is a lot of pain. Uh, a body that looks the way you want to look, that's a lot of pain as well. An ability that you haven't developed yet, that's just time and pain over, you know, of mm -hmm. course. But everybody just wants that objective. And we covered this kind of in the, uh, the mango tree parable thing like everybody wants the fruit but nobody wants to learn how to farm right and that like if you can set yourself into the farming then you then suddenly don't care about the fruit because you can produce fruit whenever you want and that that process yeah, I it's think, not a magical thing all of a sudden no and i think mythology and storytelling is always teaching us that like the whole hero's journey thing is always that hey uh, you can't bring the elixir back to people or the sword of knowledge or whatever the fuck the thing is until you pass through into a changing, uncertain world and you overcome certain obstacles, no matter what the story is. Whether I'm telling you about something that happened at 7-Eleven on my way here or whatever, that it's always, hey, I just took you out of a weird world. <laughs> that was just like a flat tire and then a slurpee, then you got a ride. Exactly, or it yeah. could be. And then, then the hobo tried to touch me weird <laughs> yeah. and I had to like escape out the car. We're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that's true. If you tell, this, if you tell that story badly, mm -hmm. it sucks. Sure. But if there's a if you bring some knowledge back to the the tribe, I'll use yeah. that word, yeah. then you accomplish. Don't the objective. go for free Slurpees on July the 11th because something bad, crazy shit happens. happens yeah. in because, because that's not a great anniversary present for my wife. Because <laughs> we. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. No, let me just because we picked Seven Eleven because it was quote unquote memorable. Oh. Even though in my country it's actually eleven seven, so it doesn't mean anything. But I do, like on our anniversary, we have the ability to go and get free slurpees. Well, we picked six six because it's Damien the Dark Lord's birthday. Not really, but it is D Day. Isn't six six D Day? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So okay. she didn't like that World War Two memorabilia I got her for our anniversary, <laughs> even though it was silver, <laughs> even though it was jewelry. It just the guys pushing up the flag. She wasn't impressed. Look, yeah. I know it's. Where do I hang this? I know it's, a, it's an, an earring or a pendant. I can't tell. I know it's an SS badge, but it's vintage. <laughs> oh jeez. You know. Okay. Can't, can't get them on eBay for the, anymore. <laughs> so. For those of you that followed along, we're. Covering new ground here, <laughs> absolutely grounded as yet to progressive. Yeah. No, we've we've been around that before because I think in one of the early podcasts you got uh, sigiled by well, yeah, some yeah, guy yeah. Oh, yeah. in yeah, a yeah, Honda. So <laughs> that's right. in a Honda. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> Odd. Well, at least it was Japanese. I was in a German car. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that's what he was saluting, is what I figured. Partners in crime. Yeah, maybe it was just like it was his idea of a high five. Maybe if I was in a like a VW thing, gotcha. But like, uh, I mean, <laughs> that would be more. That's taking it back. Yeah, yeah. an X five M. No, no, not not the German enthusiasm. Um, so we're still talking about punctuality. Is that? No, I think we. I think we were switching. I was partially. I mean, there was a lot of Superman comics having to do with Nazis. There were. Yeah, yeah. but that's that's. But, that's but just, like, it's I, just like because it was it's a, a free free target. Nobody's going to bum out. If oh, you, it's like killing that's robots. Like every you know villainous whatever. If you just make them Nazis, nobody's going to get you know get crazy. But if it, if it's anything else, some special interest group less powerful than. Hey, you know what? I mean, less, I, less contrite, perhaps. Yeah. 
um, is going to come up with like, why are you killing the, the, the pink la- people? The lesbians. Uh, why are you killing the lesbians? I, 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 I think said that pink would be people. Great... I didn't say le- pink hat people. No. Pink. Oh. <laughs> I, so I think I think you're on to something because we do like in our stories we do need an, an antagonist mm-hmm. and most often it needs to be neutral enough that you don't offend anybody but there is a human desire to have an enemy that is outside the bounds that we have to like seek and destroy somehow and that like no matter what and we do that tribally we do that you know in our civilization colloquially all all levels and rings of our our existence we have some sort of enemy to fight and that gives us a purpose i don't think anyone can ever say that they've met a good nazi you know so it's kind of a safe enemy <laughs> yeah you're like ah, this guy had some redeeming qualities <laughs> i mean see when they all left His germany tasting- went to brazil and and mixed with some of the indigenous people we have giselle you know, and maybe, maybe that it works. Do you just call Giselle half Nazi? I'm saying a lot of Germans <laughs> fled, uh, fled Germany and went to Brazil. I feel like I feel like just um, let him hang himself, guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I, hey, I'm just standing. I'm just saying that that that's true. That many many Germans Nazis that went was to an Brazil. unforeseen consequence. I didn't say it was planned. <laughs> Kids are not planned. There, there is a show. I think the Kennedy, Tim Kennedy is doing a show. It's like Nazi Hunter or something. And he actually goes down there and digs up. There is like a really strange town in South America where like a lot of them speak German. Mm-hmm. It is fucking crazy. And it's worth seeing because wow. you're like. Well, it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. for sure did. Thanks, Catholic Church. I'll just go in and jump on that. Yeah. That's true. The hanging noose that yeah, you jumped under. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> now, and then there were two. Yeah, I, I was going to say so. They they uh, it, so your burden is my burden. Yeah, and it's not Teamwork. it's not good that I have German background, so I just have to keep my mouth shut through the whole thing. No, no, no. You, you like? I was just going to say, Ross. At least they had an ethos. I like uh, more pathos. Pathos. The, anyone for logos? <laughs> can, can we just? Move beyond I, the Nazi I, No, I was just going for a nice bowling reference. Oh, whatever. <laughs> okay, that still too tangential? Really? It's, it's that kind of night. At you least remember, they had there, was, there was something I was going to latch on to. They were bowling. Just... John Goodman was around. Like Lebowski. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you did bring up the, you, the Germans. Like, yeah. You did bring up the purple jumpsuit the other night I and did, i was like i did yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, those weren't nazis on the big lebowski those were nihilists they were nihilists yeah they believe in nothing yeah. but but when goodman but was very clean he was boys. like the national socialists at least they had an ethos if yeah. i remember if i recall right. the dialogue correctly but that's right that's right uh, you know but, there's but, a good but, movie but nihilists yeah. fuck those guys because you know, <laughs> they believe in nothing sorry michael <laughs> i i how, yeah it doesn't matter <laughs> You, you were talking about bad guys and and actually it's very true that bad guys have to be better than the good guys like you don't yeah. believe a movie a movie's no good if the bad guys are easy yeah yeah for sure right? like because if, there's no obstacle there right? that's right yeah. the, the the hero has to rise to it mm-hmm. otherwise it's boring we saw that in a movie recently you know a movie that you know was Venom, a Beowulf yeah, actually, you could just list them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, yeah. There's, there's no getting away from it. No, and that's the biggest problem. Is like you have to have an antagonist. Yeah, that's why the Dark Knight's so good because the yeah. Joker was clearly a problem, and he was a nihilist. 
He wasn't. Well, he's an anarchist, I think. Splitting hairs? Ooh. No, no. I was going to say, Ooh, this could be he good, was actually. fairly well organized to be an anarchist. Anarchists are organized. <laughs> they were very organized. People anarchists like have groups? <clears throat> Doesn't that defeat No, anarchists have power. <laughs> they just had power. You know? uh, and that that's okay, but I was going to say to put together a group of people is kind of the... But did he put together a b- group of people or, or did, did he just, just assemble followers? I don't know. It's tough to say. He just paid people to do things and they didn't even know what they were doing. It could be. Yeah. I, th- there's, I mean, there's so many good lines in there. Uh, and yeah, I, I think, it, it, I mean, he, chaos is anarchy. So mm-hmm. if he's a, I, I mean, An I would call him a chaos. chaos nihilist or whatever. Um, the chaotic nihilist. Yeah, I mean, they built somebody who. Uh, this is the weird part. Is like the 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 Joker to me is a good guy. He is everybody that I know, but acting out in the way that nobody dares to. Like, which is to mm-hmm. cause such a disruption that they become a a remarkable point in history. Mm-hmm. Like everybody wants to be remembered. No one can just be remembered for getting a gold medal as an Olympic athlete or whatever. So therefore, rip the whole thing down. That like that becomes like the plight of most human beings. If you can't do it through being good, you want to do it through being evil. When you're a young man, I'd say yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. think it changes as you get a little older. Sure. When you right. realize that it doesn't matter, <laughs> <laughs> or it's not necessary. You know. Yeah, it could be. You know. He he was my favorite bad guy of all time. A Joker in any rendition. Like I like Jack Nicholson. I even like Jared Leto's. I know people have some weird issue with that. I thought he was, like, how do you take? That a, wasn't really his fault. That was yeah, sure. Yeah. But I mean, just as as even how he appeared in the cuts or whatever. Like you can, I I will say that I thought he did such a good job bringing like an innovation to like a character that's been done every which way. Mm -hmm. Like he's been, you know, the Jack Nicholson thing was, you know, of the time and probably how he was directed. I don't really know, but, and then the Heath Ledger thing was insane. Mm. Like what he brought. Yeah. Literally insane. I I mean, Jim Carrey made, have you ever seen, um, Andy and Andy and me? Oh yeah. Um, he had this thing about persona that like, I mean, people say Jim Carrey's crazy. I think he's probably one of the most like logical people of all time. He's probably just bipolar. I think he's more in tune than most people think that he is. Mm-hmm. And it could be bipolar, but that that now we're splitting hairs over what um, you know sentience or whatever. He, but it doesn't um, matter anyway. Yeah, it doesn't because he made this thing about persona about acting, and he goes, you know, that is psychotic to do. Like if you do it the method way or whatever, you're you are actually practicing schizophrenia. Like that that is the practice. Mm-hmm. And it got he went a little bit too far. Like he actually tried to become Andy Kaufman. And he talks about persona as like the mask that I try on. Mm-hmm. And in that he said, once I removed it and I wasn't anybody, I couldn't even put my Jim Carrey mask back on because it was just another character. And I think people if they looked at how actual honest that is, like when you go out, the character that you are is a complete fucking you're fabrication. Des- you're describing social media. Yeah, yeah, for, yes. for sure. But that, and the only reason it's sane is because there's not two characters. Or you hide one from the other. Like, I'm my character to my friend and then my other character to my other friend. And they, they're so similar. They're on the same spectrum, but they are different. And I also think that there's 
an external force there as well, which is everyone else's preconceived notions of who you are mm. based on assumptions they're making of something they saw, they read, mm -hmm. they they heard. You know, I, I think that can be... I just think, I think we had a conversation today about, you know, people who discover mm. writing from a decade ago, you know, or... 50, yeah, 15 just, years ago yeah you know it's not writing same. from 1984 to 2000 i believe was probably the specific topic <laughs> probably <laughs> you know yeah. probably but even just you know whether whether it's writing or <clears throat> you know you guys have been synonymous with fitness in, in the movie industry so you're the hollywood fitness guys you know and you're not I just, I, I just <laughs> yeah, anyone that knows you like a little bit knows you're not <laughs> But, but but those but there's but if I was to see an interview, mm. you know, you've done a bunch of interviews, Michael. You're the Hollywood. I mean, you're the the trainer of the stars and the best bodies in in Hollywood. If that's all I see when I meet you, I'm going to be like, so what was it like? Little did these people know that you're you'll probably just turn around and walk away from them. Well, I mean, I'm not rude. <laughs> <laughs> You'll say goodbye first. <laughs> you give him a what, card that says middle nothing. Finger. Yeah. <laughs> Here, call me. Yeah. You give him the yeah. blank card. You're gonna throw it away anyways. <laughs> yeah. But but that can but that that can be hard. I mean, you talked about you know the the Hollywood thing. If you don't go out, go to the right party, or you mm -hmm. don't go for drinks with the right people, it's kind of keeping up appearances. Well, why would you not? You know, like, well, because you need to keep up your character. Like I mean, yeah. so, you need to keep fighting crime, as it were. Like as the you know analogy to that but in a certain way that's interesting and nice bring around uh <laughs> thank you ross i we were talking about that earlier is like you have to serve a role to these people when you're training them because the goal is to make them look and feel capable so to that end you might have to compromise your own self to make sure that they can keep imposing or that you have to impose this identity on them that sometimes isn't you like going to a party and having a drink when you'd rather go home and not taking shots of port is that what it was in one, one time <laughs> <laughs> yeah a sh single shot of port to highlight that americans know nothing about port <laughs> it is not a shooting drink you thought it was the jägermeister <laughs> no but to, i i knew what port was and i went to go smell it and henry's brother was like no 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 and I was like, oh, we're shooting it. Like thinking, he thought I was going to sip he did not, it. He did not know how to comport himself with the port. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I was going to smell it. And he thought, I thought he thought I was going to sip it. And he said, no, no, no. And I was like, oh, we got to down this? Like, that's weird. Okay. So they like toast and I down it. And he was like, what the fuck did you? It was like an $800 bottle of port. Okay. You went a bit Team America on it. Yeah. And then, you know, whatever. I I regret nothing. I'll just say, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> because, fuck your poor. Give me another like, shot. <laughs> because I would just have to say that in a similar context, my job was way easier. Because I knew that, okay, half a bottle of this mezcal is my responsibility this evening. <laughs> I'll take the Pepsi challenge. <laughs> There's no port involved. You know, it could be it could be an 1,100 pound bottle of mezcal. Sure, you know, but you'll take still, one for the team. But I mean, from a persona's uh, like you, you, a you have to earn trust, mm -hmm. right? If you're going to take somebody through this thing and make them believe in themselves, they have to. You have to hurt yourself first 
And that, that always comes. Like, no matter what, there's that buy-in. And if we take it back to storytelling and, you know, our sometimes our our adversary, you know, is a shapeshifter of sorts. Like, they become, like, our our friends become our adversaries and our adversaries become our friends. And that is so not, like, it happens no matter what in every situation when you're guiding somebody to an end result. Um, and I think it's important because there's, we talk about this often, like there's a story that happens and that's on the movie and you'll watch that. That's entertaining. There's CGI, but there is also an equal story of equal value that goes into the making of these things. And I think every single, probably every single department in a movie has the, like this arc that follows. It's just as fascinating, Mm -hmm. like how you do your job. Ours just so happens that we practice a little bit of psychopathy like we have to be a little bit uh sociopathic and we have to uh, i do feel schizophrenic sometimes like i feel like okay what person am i oh yeah i'm this today or you know even i'm you know we're training now and there's a a difficult guy to train now and every time it gets difficult i'm like okay who am i gonna be like i have to make an actual adjustment and be like and, and and understand where that leads like I know my initial reaction, be Michael, kick him the fuck out and just do what you do, hammer them or make them hurt. And like, well, that doesn't work. Like the hammer is the hammer and I know the end result. Okay, so I have to try on the personality and the mask that fits this one thing. And in the end, he might think of me as a certain kind of person. To me, I like, or to him, I am, you know, whatever it is, I am a trickster, uh, you know, an, an antagonist, or maybe I'm the mentor. If I do my job, and we're both happy with the end result, usually I'm a mentor. If I don't, I'm the shapeshifter, the trickster, the whatever the archetype is. So I think it's important to talk about those masks because you know actors try them on to be a different person, but we try them on to try to get them to be a different person. Right. So how would you guys compare? It's, can, can I Yeah, go ahead. follow on that? Just because um, I... I in retrospect, I can I see that, but for me, it's been it was always more organic and very easy to go. Okay, I'm training this individual, and these are the you know this is what this this individual requires you know on the path to the objective from the point where you are right now, and I get a 15 minute break, and then someone else comes in, and it's just a natural flow to go, and I could just and I could say it that if I go from training Jason and then I have, you know, whatever, sometime maybe there's even overlap, Mm -hmm. but then Amber is in the gym. That's two totally different people, especially in the psychological condition that each of them were in at that time. Mm -hmm. And it, but I never, and I never like it, it just flowed naturally because of the relationships. Like I didn't have to, um, I didn't consciously think, okay, oh, I need to have this personality now. Sure, that, that's a that's looking back at any one thing because I think yeah. if you're good at it, it it is organic. Like instead of thinking like this mass, this character, this thing, it's like I, I remember what I, the end result needs to be, and that has to be natural because you can't. This is not something you can fake. It's it is a real. But the, and the, other, the other thing is, and this is something that I, I think Paul has hinted at in part of like, you know, not preparing, but whatever, leading up to the discussion, which ideally the topic tonight is like, 
movie fitness training or yeah. stuff. And and one of the reasons that we're you know I think I'm willing to do it is because Paul's part of Paul's job you know to 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 come in and manage some of the CGI after the fact. Let's say whether it's 3D or 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 any other visual effects. Um, someone who understands who's been around the entire process of movie making and seen it from a different perspective than we see it. Cause yeah, Michael and I, we could sit here and talk about ourselves and you know, all these awesome superheroes that we trained, and, you know, <laughs> how great, you know, or whatever, but I'm not that interested, but now there's a little bit of a different perspective. Someone who can like see things that maybe we don't see because we are necessarily inside a bubble to do the job. And then, to continue afterwards, um, and, but but to uh, so there so there is a, a you know maybe that level of the, the mask or the looking back after the fact. But a lot of it for me always had there was no. It was easy to shift because of the relationships. Like none of this stuff would have worked if I was a contractor, right? Like Jason would never have looked the way that he did coming out of the water. Etc. in Justice League if I had been the contracted trainer that he had to do the work. But because we have a friendship, we have a relationship, it's based on, you know, my prior life as a climber and his exposure to that because he's also a climber, etc. So there's an easier sort of buy-in or, mm -hmm. or, or the uh, uh, there's an easy shorthand for communication right away. And that leads into these other experiences. And sometimes it means going out and sometimes it means not going out. Sometimes it means, okay, I'm going to, you know, I am monk like now and projecting that because that's what you need to be for the next two weeks or whatever. And it's, and it's sort of either projecting or mimicking or giving the feed for, feedback slash feed forward um, to steer certain behavior, but it is based on the depth of the relationship. And if, you know, at that time, and I'm not, I don't think I'm throwing anybody, anyone under the bus here, but that um, in, you know, summer of 2016, when Amber came, she was in the midst of some serious real life stuff. And it was easy to understand that, oh, wait, I have the capability in a way to create sanctuary. This will be the space that is the safest place in your life right now. Okay. So that's the non-denominational is holding space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, so on that, I mean, but real quick, because I, I don't want to lose it because you just mirrored um, why <laughs> I'll try to, this is a little bit hard to explain, but you just mirrored our first discussion talking about why movies lose us because we lose that believability and most training or most preparation for a task, no matter what that is, we can talk about fitness because that's easy. Most people lose interest because it becomes unbelievable because just some Jack dude from Sweden shows up and he's got 19 abs and he's oiled <laughs> with keels or whatever. And he says, no, you just do this and do my magical thing. And that is unbelievable because we know that doesn't equal it. Instead, you have a real person with real experience. Where can I buy the keels? <laughs> uh, Sephora. Okay. They, uh, <laughs> I've seen it in airports. Free plug but. there. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, but the idea is that we like to have those, you know, drinking, like to do real life with your client in both the ups and downs and then show them like 
hey, look, we went through this belief. Like, we're not transitioning into an unbelievable CGI scene. Mm -hmm. I'm taking you from one experience into this other space that we hold, and it's just as real, and we can both do it, and now things are possible, and now the whole thing is believable, and now we have just created a story. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, and it, and it works. And, and it works because I think a lot of people think that the secret is in men's journal, Henry Cavill's super workout. I'm going to become Superman by doing that workout. You know, I think that happens. People mm -hmm. see that magazine. They saw the movie. They believed he was Superman. Okay, I'm going to go do that workout. Do you know what's missing from that? Mark's incantations that go along that you should listen to as you perform the workout. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is it's not the workout. <laughs> a sales Mantras. <laughs> I mean, you can find it in the ebook, and the and it's only five ninety nine yeah. for the MP three. So we uh, we just had a client in town that visited for a couple of days, and one of his question, like one of the main questions, was like, "Well, how do you sift through all of it? Like, how do you understand what's worth?" spending time on and and he was talking directly about just fitness stuff like right. how do i know what's bullshit and like how do i know and i go you know there's really no answer to that because there's good stuff everywhere if even it sounds too good to be true true yes it is but Do also in some of the best things there's really bad ideas and so even the best things that are going good you have to be able to identify you have to have a bullshit meter of some sort and one of them is like well do you know what's real easy is think about the investment put into what you're reading or what you're viewing a blog article or an article in a magazine might take me a couple hours and then a day to edit and have somebody else. So you're looking at a couple hours worth of investment. A book is a little bit more detailed because it's a little bit more investment. It doesn't mean it can't be full of shit. It just means it's harder to get that shit out there because there's Took more time. steps in the way. And then you look at, you know, by the, by the time you get down with it, you're like, man, you look at somebody's memoir that's really hard to bullshit. I mean, you can, you know, anything is possible in this world of optimism that Michael lives in. But for the most part, when you look at where nothing matters, right? When you look at people's life experience and the investment that's required into that, there can't be like the shit is minimized. But you look at, you know, six week training programs and that was created in an hour. Of course, it's full of shit. It's all shit. It's never been tested. And the person who's telling you that that's the answer doesn't have the investment that he wants you to invest into it. So in, in trying to sort this stuff, that, that's, that became an interesting thing on how to look like, yeah, I don't know how to answer that question. You Google fitness and who the fuck knows what pops up or you, you know, how do I become like these people? And nothing says, there's nothing out there yet that's like, oh, it's the Aquaman training program. Sit down and have like, oh, that you know, come. hundreds of hours of conversations that talk about your life and philosophy. But surely Sometimes if, you'll exercise. <laughs> but, but surely if it's on bodybuilding.com, then it's legit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, but, they have a URL. That's an investment. Yeah. But, but, mocking, that's, but mocking that shit is just too easy. Like if you're listening and you're wondering how to sift through it, just turn dial up the bullshit meter because 95% of it is. And just be cynical. It's called snake oil for a fucking reason. And, and it's, okay, if it's on this website or it's in this magazine or whatever, look, you are a copper top. With a wallet. <laughs> Absolutely. That's that's all you're being considered, and that's what you're being given. And I mean, you're being given something in accordance with your ability to buy. 
not with your ability to do, not with your, not in accordance with your desire to for genuine change. It's all, I mean, all, I'll just use the air quotes, but I don't mean it. Bullshit. Well, from a, a, a less, a less famous quote from a famous movie is no one steps on the lot lest they want to buy. And so when you're looking, somebody will fucking sell you. Yeah. And so the hardest thing to do is to find a genuine, like I'm, my advice to anybody is like, just look, like seek, don't buy, like look for answers, not programs. Don't look for products. Look don't for, even, don't look for answers. Look for ideas that you think about and bat around in your head. Grittenteeth.com. <laughs> that hasn't been updated for years. So <laughs> that is surely not the place to go. Yeah, yeah. Great. So well, right now I offer $19.99 for a monthly program. <laughs> Tells you all the secrets that we just made fun of. <laughs> I kind of hope that somebody now emails you and tries to buy something and it's just like a blank sheet of paper. <laughs> now they... I have plenty of fitness and motivation on my Instagram page, apparently, because I'm a fitness and motivation person. Okay. I've been told. So, Mark, I wanted, to, <laughs> I wanted to, to return back to what you'd said about the relationship thing, you know, when you talk about 2016. Uh, how does that approach differ from your attitude on 300? Did you still have, you know, when you were working with Michael Fassbender or Jared Butler, or, you know, did you have the same kind of did you cultivate relationships or were you so like early on in the movie stuff that it was a bit more prescriptive? I was early on in everything. I mean, and for the entirety of that job, I was terrified. Interesting. And how, so Why? how did that manifest though? Did that come off? Like, was it like hyper-professionalism? My, it- my fear did not manifest as insecurity, if that's what you're asking. Oh. <laughs> I mean, just to, you know, call out some other toxic charlatan don't yeah don't i'm let, sorry don't let for, fear dictate your experience you can let it be with you but you can't let it dictate your actions well yes it can and i think it's a, actually it's a really good thing and it was a healthy thing in that regard mm-hmm. because as and i'll just use the term ross ross used of hyper professionalism is that i did everything to the nth degree is that because I not only did I not want to let Zach down, but mo- mostly I didn't want to fuck up. I didn't want to get found out. I didn't want, like, <laughs> you know, the prize. Th- th- this whole thing to have been, you know, okay, I'm thrust in, I mean, really into deep water. I was quite over my head with uh, on, on that job. But, like, well, I'm willing to spend more energy, I think, than anyone that I know on doing stuff and I'll be up all night agonizing reading about what researching about what to do the next day (laughs) sometimes the next day but some but but more often generally okay like this is a because this is a long-term thing who you know who cares about Tuesday when the you know this person needs to be ready on the 11th of November so I have three you know this like how do I get to this the, the, you know, to, to this result at this time, how do I get to, you know, um, and 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 managing the the things there were the the relationships Ross definitely came up in the sense that, um, but but they but it wasn't something I tried to steer or guide because I didn't know then what was 
you know, the secret key, if you will. I thought the secret key was hard work. I thought, you know, it was fear and shame. And so that's why everybody trained with their shirts off. Mm. Dudes only on that movie. <laughs> yeah, anybody, but, uh, if anybody needs clarification. Um, but be, because then, then everybody sees what everybody else ha- has got. You know, I see what you're packing more or less. Um, so silkies, <laughs> but so the, the, the methods of sort of manipulation slash guidance of that time were different than later. Plus there was, you know, th- no, I'm just going to go with 35 guys to train the ability, you know, and, and, and the relationships developed with the people, you know, with whom I resonated. And those were the ones who had the most, the, the greatest results. And that's, was obvious to me. I mean, and I will, and I'll just put Vincent Regan, you know, first and foremost in that is because, you know, he, he lost 40 pounds in eight weeks and, you know, came in, could not deadlift his body weight left, which at the time was 210 pounds, um, left after having pulled 365 blindfolded. So the, so, but we resonated, we understood each other. We could, we could, we had a way of communicating based on the relationship that made it easy to prescribe, do, you know, prescribe the hard work for him to do the work and then to be sort of mutually supportive in that process. But that was the first time that that, you know, became clear and it didn't become clear until later. Right. Because then ironically during Wonder Woman, you had what thirty-five females <laughs> to, to train. Much more difficult because you don't get to use fear and shame then. And then it's you know, but it is still relationship stuff and cognizant of my role and what my relationship will be to those clients. Because I mean, that's that's in. Th- it's a cheap shot, but it's an easy one. It's like father figure. He's, uh, you know, but then Stuart, you know, I'm just going to go, I, Stu, I can't remember exactly how old you are. So <laughs> I'm just going to go 15 years, my junior. I think it's a bit more 20 years. We'll go, go tw- we'll go. I with think 20. he's like probably like early to mid thirties. I'm going to give, yeah, we're going we're gonna to go with, so he's considerably younger. Can't do that role has a different role, which whatever he identified in his own mind, you know, with that, and we never really talked about the details of it, is that, okay, out of the, you know, the the pool of clients, let's say on that job, he is resonating specifically with certain clients more than I am, and the opposite is also true. It's like, okay, there's the the clients that I can have a, you know, that conversation with, let's, I mean, you, I could, it's a loaded word. So air quotes should be visible in your heads right now. I can have an intimate conversation with that particular client, um, which I couldn't have with the, with the one who resonated, resonated more specifically with Stuart's personality, age, experience level, etc. So it's, so by the time Wonder Woman rolled around, I mean, the, the, the idea of cultivating relationships and like identif- and, and, and 
identifying the people with whom I can resonate on a higher level and going, okay, these are, you know, this is going to happen in an organic way anyway, but I'm going to take care of these and you're going to take care of those. And it's, you know, the outcome will be good because it always is because we kill ourselves in order to have a good outcome. So even with all the experience, it never gets any easier. No. I mean, in a, in a, yeah, there's, there's technical stuff that becomes easier with experience, but I'll just say the, you know, the, just use human history as your guide and you'll understand that the human relationships (laughs) don't get any easier and there's nothing that. Well, from what I've learned about your guys's methods is that by the very nature of how it works, it can't be easier because it's a individualized slash group focused constant changing of approach to best tailor their needs and or manipulate them michael would you feel that (laughs) i I would just go it would be it would be a weird (laughs) irony if what we tell people is there is no magic pill and there is no easy way but then we look for an easy way to like shortcut human relationships that would be super weird Although in my head, I'm like, man, this movie is going to be easy because we've already done X, Y, and Z. And we know this person. And you still trick yourself into thinking, oh, this is going to be totally yeah. way easier than the last time. And yep. it never but, but, has proven true. But that's, that's in, you know, short memory is the greatest <laughs> advantage to, like, to, to accepting any new opportunity. Yeah. Because, it, because I, I honestly, every, going into every single job, it, the, the, the idea was that it's going to be easier because we've already done it. We've, you know, we've recognized all the pitfalls and we've da 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 da. But when, when the, the reason that it isn't easier is because you are managing human relationships, you're participating in a human relationship and it can, and it's a, and it can be a, a really wonderful place and it can be a really dark, horrible place um, because it's a human relationship. Yep. And then you have and, the context of where, i.e. Toronto, Montreal versus Bulgaria. Yes. <laughs> but and 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 so I, I say so there's a context of location, but there's then there's also the context of the time pressure. Right. And uh, you know or or the let's let's just say so there's the time pressure, but then there's the real pressure because the result, I mean were we recording when we were talking about hourly work? I don't no, think so. I don't um, think so. But, but it, you know, th- th- the result fucking matters. Like, deliver this product on this day because, <clears throat> by the way, there's millions of dollars riding on this. Yes. You know something it, about that, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's, so there's the, the money riding on it, but there's also the expectation. And the expectation of like, oh, just do what you did on the last one. So, yeah, you th- I'm going into it thinking maybe it's going to be easier because we've already done it. But then the bar is already higher going into 300 there was no bar and we you know by design or by accident we strapped rockets to the bar and mm-hmm. put it into another place to which you know it was a, it was expected to live up to that later you know um and and over and over again mm-hmm. that you know where do you go from there and the, and the and the the one of the sad things about you know 300 rise of an empire was 
okay, there's a certain amount of time between when those two movies were made. Expectations changed, but also, and this is something that Clay Enos pointed out, like, but also society changed in that time. So we had two competing, fa- you know, two factors sort of working against us was, A, this is a movie not about Spartans, but about free Greeks. They're citizen soldiers. Less in shape. Less in shape. Because <laughs> they're citizens. Because they watch fucking TV sometimes. Because they go by the Cinnabon and they can't help themselves. You know, whatever the fucking Dude, excuse they're the is. cubicle workers of the second century. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they just happen to be in the National Guard. And they get called up and they got to yeah. go overseas. Well, they got to go on Motherfucker, the you said two weeks a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you didn't say I was going to have to be in a boat for that whole time. I, so, so, so there was the... the, the the, the lowering of the expectation do, because they're citizen so, soldiers, let's say, that was one excuse. Like, you guys don't have to do that good a job. Michael and I are like, we can't help work? but do a good job. Like, we're going to do the best. And, like, I, I'm not thinking that a bunch of cubicle workers are going to defeat this gigantic fucking million-man army that's, you know, coming from over there. So, so there was that, but then the societal change that happened where there was a greater level of obesity and acceptance of it in 2012 than there was in 2005 when we made 300. So this is like, this is, and to me, it's just this accelerated relationship, you know, you know, this timeline, um, uh, with so time in this case doesn't matter, Michael, um, <laughs> because th- because it, what happened with, you know, it seemed to me that it happened really, really fast. And maybe it's just because I wasn't, you know, seeing it in 2005 as much as I was seeing it in 2012 that, oh, I can I can get away. You know, there, there are all sorts of circumstances in life that allow me to get away with being this way physically. And it doesn't cost me anything. Therefore, I'm just going to roll with it. Or my economic circumstances don't allow me to, you know, you know, the gym membership and the, 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 the eating, you know, whatever. And that's all bullshit. But it just, it's just another thing that people, you know, were willing to accept about their behavior. And so you have those two things. And then we roll up and we're trying to, like, raise the bar again when people are actively either trying to lower the bar or accepting mark at that time frame i mean pre-diabetic was like the new black so (laughs) it's it's not called (laughs) it's not called uh child onset diabetes it's called or it's not it's not called adult onset diabetes anymore it's called child onset diabetes like it's it's literally shifted in name that's fucking oh yeah yeah for sure it's terrifying Yeah. yeah Yeah, because you don't need as long. But it's going to go back to adult later because then you get pregnant and you pass it on to your child. (laughs) (laughs) So it's already existing. It's not. So so who's going to get the lathe out and start making peg legs again? So for all those toes first. Yeah, toes. toes. It's keeping Selena in business. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cuts off a toe and people's behavior doesn't change. Take the forefoot. So the Yakuza should pay change. attention because it doesn't change behavior. They should no longer take knuckles. <laughs> she's, uh, you know, to be fair, she's not asking them to cut off their own toes. <laughs> True. Maybe that is the thing. But she is. Uh, if you, she felt is cutting this, people and then posting pictures on the internet about it. So it'll probably be a selfie of them cutting. There's but, yeah, like the, if you felt it though. No HIPAA violation here. <laughs> 
they signed a, a, a waiver. It's just a toe, man. It's like, not identifying that well, shit. It's, it's more like what's inside the toe. And like yeah. one out of three females has like a gecko ankle tattoo. So that doesn't matter either. <laughs> <laughs> or a clover. Or if they have a you rose, you're like they graduated in 1999 for <laughs> sure. If they have barbed wire, 1996. Like there's there's some identifiers. They have a cupcake or My Little Pony, 2004. Wow, you Michael's are so cynical. <laughs> you're straying into the realm of truth with a capital T now. Well, yeah. well, he's not got, he's not got to tramp stamp yet. So um, that's so late 90s, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it was late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, the, it, it was really the tramp stamp. But I think I told you. I think I, I talked about it before. But the the belly button tattoo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the the sun, the sunburst yeah, on the belly button. The, that was two thousand and well, ninety nine to two thousand one, and then I think it got kind of played out. You can tell a lot. I mean, there, there's yeah, that would be about right. That was yeah. a lit. Yeah, Strathclyde Student Union, yeah. top top floor, smoking hot chick. She's obviously a fresher. Three years later, she's still wearing the same crop top type thing, but now the sunburst looks more like some kind of solar meltdown. So, <laughs> like the like the sun turned like the into a plastic bag. I was going to say the universe is expanding. <laughs> well, that'd be yeah. a sink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're just growing at the rate of the universe. That's why people are bigger now. That, yeah, that would be like that would be like ninety nine. It's harmonics. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay. Not that I mean I could talk about tattoos at the two thousands and late nineties all day. That's a, <laughs> it's a subject I find. I mean, how many how many people have a barbed wire and rose tattoo? Probably more than the people who have the Tasmanian devil with the lawnmower. Ooh, I've not seen that one. Oh, the, or the Calvin pissing on something. Yeah, where is the ta- Tasmanian devil with the? Lo- yeah, okay. No. <laughs> I, I I just I <laughs> caught the ref. You know, the, I mean, yeah. we didn't even get into kanji. Oh no, chicken fried rice. So, the, 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 the true story. Like uh, the guy who started my back, like who started the original thing that's on my back. He there was a big joke while he was doing this that. Um, they used to sell out of kanji. So somebody came in, they're like, oh, sell I want to... out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so they'd come in, they'd look at the flash book oh, and they'd be like, so oh, good. I want this. And like, oh man, we're sold out of that. And like, ah, oh, damn it. And they're like, maybe try back next week. <laughs> <laughs> Not joking. <laughs> and that sums up the people who come asking for kanji. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Thus, thus endeth the lesson. It's a fucking I've amazing I've just joke. been schooled. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> now we're sold out of that, man. Quit. Ah, oh, damn it. I, I, can't, I mean, I what do you say? I need to try that with some of my clients. No, when but I got this. a terrible pixel design, I'm yeah. like, no, I'm totally sold out. Yeah, yeah, We're sold out of that. Back ordered on that, that version. No vector images until next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, lazy art uh, not available until further notice. <laughs> we do, you know, we pay attention around here. We the, we ra- we ran out of color, so we can only do monochromatic design. Mm. Uh, speak my language. Hard edges only. I I don't understand color, therefore I only do black and white. <laughs> Apparently, your printers don't understand color either. But <laughs> yeah, <ouch>. exactly. <laughs> Every now and then, they you know they <clears throat> have someone come in, come in and tune up the machine. And 
So, funny observation, Paul still hasn't actually said what he does for a living. He gave, he gave the title that he'd like to, to have, yeah. but he's never not truly defined what he does. Yeah, I think the best way to define it is that I'm, we talked about today, I'm, I'm a cleaner, mm -hmm. a fixer, you know? <laughs> My job is to come in and fix problems generally. And if I'm not needed, I still get to collect my check, which is nice because, you know, the way we started was there was always problems. So it's only on these really big movies that there's problems. And for, and yes, you work in the movie industry. Yes, I work you in may the, not have surmised that. And those that big from... movies is that, and, and that when you say there's, you know, there's only problems on these big ones, is that just expectations or is it sort of, you know, sometimes there's a, like a little bit of overreaching that I, I, I want this to look a certain way and this is actually could be done except that we haven't invented the technology to do that yet. Um, or, or is the point or, of failure human? Well, there no, there's a confluence of politics. So you got people telling other people that it's fine. You have the creative side, which generally when left unchecked will get you in big trouble because it'll okay. take you down that path if that's yeah. not possible. Yeah. Or you're crazy. Like you're... Because creative people need to be given a little bit of a leash, but they need to have a little bit of freedom because they do provide something. And then there's just the hard industrial side of production, hmm. which is, frankly speaking, an outsource task. You know, a lot of the work you see in movies today didn't get made in America. What? <laughs> They're American movies. Yeah, I know. MAGA. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hopefully hey. he'll bring that work back. <laughs> Some bodies are made in Bulgaria, I heard. But... Yes. So, I'm telling you, food poisoning is the awesome, the most awesome ab workout ever. You lose tremendous. a lot of weight. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the best it's, diet. It's, it's the, the best diet. It's yeah. the new ECA stack. <laughs> exactly. No, but diet. food poisoning combined with the ECA stack. Yeah. Now... You're not That's only like combo. losing weight from both ends, you're dying to work out. 2012's dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag liver biopsy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It doesn't always go well. Yeah. Um, so on a timeline mm -hmm. wise... Cleaning up implies that you come along later in the process. Yeah. When after the things, messes have been made. Yeah. <laughs> after the messes yeah, have been yeah. made. Yeah. Which is funny because I look at it and, and, and by, often for me, by the time a movie comes out, I mean, especially when we were doing sort of back-to-back -back projects, it's like, it, it's like a year and a half after the fact, I'm already like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm already in this other world mm -hmm. and I mean, I have to admit that generally I'd, I mean, later on, I mean, I, uh, I don't really see these I'm movies. Just, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> you're just waiting for me to say it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I haven't seen a lot of movies I've worked on. <laughs> well, that that's the case because you're sick of it. And also, yeah. it'd be hard for you to see it because yeah. you yes. know. And for me, I see those movies like 18, 20 times. Mm. Yeah. First, I see it without sound. Okay. Like you can imagine how acting falls apart when you have no sound. You start going like, no fuck is that person doing? Actually, I cannot imagine that. <laughs> and I would love, I'm going to just see if I can watch some shit with the sound off at some oh, point, just to try and experience it. You want to see bad acting without sound. Yes. There was a, um, 
a oh, please tell me. Supreme Justice that was interviewed in front of some sort of group. And oh, if you turn yeah. off the sound on that, you'll yeah. see very bad acting. Yeah. Well, that David <laughs> Mamet says if you want to if you want to judge a film, watch it on an airplane with no sound. Oh, he had he had some of the um, three uses for the knife. Have you read? That's such a good book yeah. from Mamet. He he's like an incredible thinker slash playwright. playwright. Yeah. Yeah. He's a he's Would he an have... interesting guy. He did Glengarry Glen Ross. Right. Yeah. And so that's the did, thing. Is, okay. I, I'm just, I got to, uh, and everyone listening, forgive me when I get, if I get this wrong, did he also do Spartan? Yes. He directed it. Fucking awesome movie. Fucking awesome movie. <laughs> Fucking awesome movie. Really, really beautifully subtle. Yep. I used to put movies like that on with girls I was dating because I was like, I kind of like her. But I want to see if she can make it through this. If Hashtag litmus test. Yes. And they'd be like, this is over if yeah. they if they finish. They're like, oh, that was interesting. Yeah, it's like, okay. Yeah. It's like if you get bored during Royal Tenenbaums and you can't pick up the subtlety and the weird nuance of how they like designed that. Hit the bricks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Out. Out for sure. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing is these big movies, because most of them are CG, mm-hmm. you know, I see them... When it's a dude on a green screen, I sometimes just see their head floating around. Yeah. <laughs> because everything has to be recreated. But that's a good sign because that means I'm seeing the movie early and it's under control. You're not being called in to unfuck something, you're being called in to help create something. Correct. And I'm like, hey, creative, are you happy? What's your plan? Okay, are you talking to the production guys? Do they know what you want to do? Okay, good. Mm-hmm. And then you back away. But as in the latest film, which we should just not say anything about because sure. it hasn't no. released. Uh, yeah, I came in and was like, holy shit, we're in major, major trouble. And the creative had to actually be sort of managed, sandboxed. Because the first thing you do with a creative person is start creating limits, right? Because mm-hmm. that's the worst, <laughs> worst thing you can do to creative is give them freedom. I, I was gonna, uh, in my mind immediately I saw the word muzzle. <laughs> I, I think it was a sandbox. A bit, bit strong, but I like yeah. sandbox. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, I think T.S. Eliot said it's like you, creativity flourishes when best put under parameters. Yes. Right? We've talked about that, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, you need to. We have talked about the yeah. freedom of limits. That's right. And yeah. You need to create that limit so that they understand that they have to finish. Yeah. And then the flip side is film is an industrial art, which means there's an, a whole industry that no one sees. Yeah. And and for all those names you see that roll back at the end of the film, three columns wide, wide. Yeah. There's o- that's only a third of who actually did the work because yeah. the rules are very strict about how many names get on there. Yeah. Mm. So a lot of people, a lot of young kids especially, they work so hard to just get their name there. You know, and, and a lot of them don't get their name on there. So mm-hmm. there's this whole thing that I I kind of come, I get confronted with is like, these people will get abused by this creative if this creative isn't put under control. If he keeps, right. if he keeps noting, I don't like it, I don't like it, and it keeps going back, you get stuck in this cycle where mm-hmm. nothing's getting done. So you have to start pushing forward and you need allies and the allies generally tend to be the studio, mm-hmm. which is Who weird. Also wants to get shit done. Well, they need to deliver. And so if you don't deliver, you're in big trouble. So like on this film, we were looking at like, if if we did not deliver in 12-hour stations, it would be like half a million dollar fines. 
for each 12 hours for each 12 hours that you were late yeah and we were we were late we pushed through quite a few semi-permeable deadlines and then we got down to calculating almost demi-permeable yeah (laughs) (laughs) we got down to we have to stay awake for the next three days and we have to hope this hope that and hope that guy on the plane gets to where they're going country and it gets unloaded onto a computer and gets accessed and you're still the funny thing is you're still trying to do a good job you're not trying to do a shitty job yeah because shitty jobs happen and so when we watch these movies we see only our flaws so we know what's wrong with the movie Mm. right hence why i don't go haven't yeah yeah it, it is hard to watch a movie after Mm-hmm. The, uh, because uh, I mean, because I'm watching the movie and I remember like a scene or like the importance of that scene or the drama behind that scene or uh, other things that are like totally like out of nowhere and they they take you completely out of the movie. Yeah. Well, and you're I got guys. there late that day when they were shooting this because yeah. I was riding my bike and I went a little too far <laughs> and I had to get, and I was racing back. And so I showed up on set, you know, to, so to be there and support in a fucking spandex outfit. And God. <laughs> It looks a lot better than I remember it. <laughs> I hope Clay or something. I hope you Clay know? got a picture of that. That would have been good. And Henry could just couldn't get his lines straight when I when I showed up in spandex. Yeah. <laughs> Should madness. So, yeah. But anyway. you don't always. You're not just. I mean, this is the day job. Mm-hmm. Then you have a passion for something. Yeah. I mean, I got into the business as a stepping stone to the next step, which is to be the creative. Mm-hmm. And it's very funny from an, when you're on the outside, you think movies is X and like, and you watch all the behind the scene films and you're like, yeah. And then you start talking the lingo and you're like, yeah, well my vision is blah, 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 blah. And then you, then you get into the business and it, it'll give you a good grind fast. Like it'll teach you very quickly. Like that's really nice, but mm-hmm. You're going to, the first principle of filmmaking is OPP, other people's money or OPM. Mm. You have to do it with other people's money. I know because I made a movie with my own money and guess what? That movie's great for me. (laughs) And maybe like five of my friends that were doing everything in the movie, everyone else is like, I don't get it, man. And it's like, yeah, because you didn't vet it. So Mm. these movies, the bigger the budgets they get, the more they're for everyone and that's why they don't appeal to a lot of us anymore yeah it's because they're getting watered down so yeah i got into it everyone has more money than we do in numbers buy movie tickets yeah and and, i mean and china yeah you know you have this homogenous population that if one person likes it they all like it so we want to make movies that everyone likes it's confucianism it's a very powerful which is why the rock does so well in china and tom cruise and James Bond is considered too intellectual in China, but Mission Impossible is better. <laughs> is that because Tom Cruise is the same height as Chinese people? Or? Uh, I don't know about that. I just think it's like <laughs> there's this there's on a their thing. level. Like because if you think about the latest, a lot of the well, not the last James Bond, but there's been a few James Bonds. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're actually kind of getting cerebral. cerebral. Like Skyfall was actually yeah, yeah. like, mm-hmm. wow, this guy's yeah. got this oh, weird it past. A, it was really well done. It was an amazing film. Yeah. Didn't do well in China. Of course not. Right? Because it had to think. I don't think it did well, I mean, compared to... Made a billion dollars. Skyfall did? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it made a lot of money. It made a lot of money in the West. Huh. So... This is... 
something really fascinating to me. Not that I want to try and solve the riddle or anything, mm-hmm. but I something I had never considered. I mean, I was in some meetings at some point with some people about a movie that was, you know, largely going to be made in the Far East, mm-hmm. specifically to appeal to that audience, not only with locations, but, you know, but with all of the casting and the character, the, the mm-hmm. way that it was going to be made. It's like, oh, it's a typical sort of, you know, sword and sorcery kind of gig that you would have um, over here, or it's a, you know, whatever, night on a quest kind of deal. And, but we're going to try and like, even if it's going to be a Western look, we're going to, tr- you know, make it here and make as much of it as possible so um, accessible mm-hmm. for the specific audience. And willing to maybe sacrifice the Western audience, or maybe it'll be okay for both. But it was like there was a lot of attention paid to the Chinese, Definitely. Chinese yeah, audience. Yeah, it's a huge deal if you can't open a movie in China anymore because it makes up such a big oh part of it. If you can sell, if you can sell in China to ten percent, yeah. just do the math. Right, you're the math guy, not me. Uh. But you'll find out the number is huge. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it's just, it's easy multiplication. Don't go any further. <laughs> it's an exponent. <laughs> it's but atomic multiplication, please. <laughs> so that, that what's that interesting. Means you have to collapse first. Okay. So what's interesting to me is like to create something that is a world film. And I believe yeah. that's the real magic solution will be to make movies that work in both places that aren't pandering. Because there's been some films that like, uh, are clearly pandering the Great Wall, therefore panned. Or you put Matt Damon in the middle <laughs> of like this fictitious story about what the Great Wall was really for, and it just was like it was Team America, like Matt Damon. You know, like <laughs> no offense to him, that was his voice. <laughs> oh, that, was it? Yeah, that was the greatest part about See, it. Good on him, you know. Yeah, for sure. Good on him for that for doing. I that. think they were like, we're gonna kind of make Matt Damon sound like he has Down syndrome. The only way to pull this off is if we call Matt Damon and he does the voice. And he was like, yeah, I'll do it. So that was his voice going, Matt Damon. Well, that's <laughs> that makes the movie even better. Fucking awesome is what it, it's yeah. like. Yeah. Some offense. <laughs> <laughs> what is the six days to? Six days to air. Air. Have you seen that? No. Oh, it's a great documentary on them, on oh. the making of South Park. It's, it's brilliant. I used to have to, my buddy runs a uh, visual effects firm that is right next door to them in Culver oh, City. Okay. And every time I walk by, there's a 10-foot Kenny in their lobby. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm always just like, yeah, salute. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Those guys push boundaries, for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. But I, just the, that idea for me is, you know, quite inspiring. That Okay, every episode, it's done in six days. Mm-hmm. That's how they keep current too. Yeah. Well, th- there's that, but it also goes right in line with the sandbox mm-hmm. idea. Yep. You got a really fucking small sandbox. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and that's a lesson that I've learned now on th- from different angles. One being the guy that didn't have a sandbox and mm. spending his credit card to all Hades, and you know, and then being on the other end where you see these guys that it's not their it's not their money, and if they're not bridled then there's a problem. Yeah. And yeah, that that's actually informing where I'm going, where I'm writing stories, where I'm like, don't make the story huge and kinetic, make the story cerebral and, mm. and, and, and use, use all that CG mm-hmm. sparingly, you know, use it yeah. where you need it, but rely on 
character and plot and drama god forbid there's been a there's period for i don't know how long it's been now and it hasn't come up recently because i haven't been in that world but of just like take their computers away yep because it's it's overused and there and then it just becomes uh, I, i'm sorry it's like you know we go around and around with making rays and fucking punctuation and there are certain things that need to be used sparingly mm-hmm. to the preserve M, the their, M dash to preserve their power. I shall not comment on the particular. <laughs> Once a paragraph is fine. <laughs> <laughs> See rules, yeah. rules exactly. But but just unless you enter the N dash, is that really next? Is that next to the Twilight Zone? It's next level shit. <laughs> next level. <laughs> next level, <laughs> next level so, grammar. So. Turn that shit down yeah. right now. Don't go there. I'm not. But, but just like, okay, <laughs> let's limit the alert. use of this, these tools to make them more powerful mm-hmm. rather than overuse them to yeah. overstimulate so people, you know, leave the theater fucking exhausted. The perfect example is just saying fuck. Like, if you say fucking this and fucking, it, it loses its meaning almost after the third one. Yeah. But if you put it somewhere once, it's so strong yeah. that you go, oh, there it is. I don't know. You're, let's talk about things that are actually possible. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard when a, a word can, you know. It's such a great description. Transform into, yeah, I mean, it's an adverb. It's a, a verb. It, it can be anything. So, so what you said, Mark, there is interesting because I'm going to tie it to fitness. Mm-hmm. for Just for a second, um, I think what we've all, we all saw with some of the tests that came out of Jim Jones that made its way to the internet mm-hmm. was exactly that. It was supposed to be a test, not a daily workout yeah. schedule. And this like, and <clears throat> kind of going over the top. I mean, we could time. tie it to fitness and movie fitness and we'll just say the 300 workout. I may or may not have done that um, multiple times. Multiple times, yeah. So it was a one-time test and, and it was only really viable to take the test with all of the psychological weight that we put on you leading up to it. Right. So picking it up out of a book and just doing it was like, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's not going to have the same, you know, of, of, let's say, you know, all of the people, I can't remember in the very end, I think 31 people did it in the very end. Um, and, you know, but, but by the time that was, you know, done, but, but no, what is not sort of discussed is this idea that of making it insurmountable in the minds of the individuals that were facing it and then never let them volunteer to do it. They only did it on the day when we told them that it was going to happen. And... It, and so there's this level of uncertainty. You might get assigned this workout tomorrow. You might, they might deem that you're incapable and you'll never get invited to do it. There, so there was a lot of psychological weight that we were putting on it because the, because the actual weight and the difficulty of the workout isn't that fucking bad. But now we saddle, we put you in a particular mental state to it, to, to confront it like, okay, you know, this weight for this many reps, I don't think you can do it, man. You've got this history of back issues and that kind of thing, and I don't really want to know. No, you're not ready for it yet. There was one guy who said, I'm doing it today. I said, no, you're never fucking doing it because you knew the rules. The rules were that you don't 
do it until you're invited or told to do it. Mm. And this particular is a stunt guy. And, uh, and then we never let him do it. Cause he, he was just like a, a, other people had done it before him and they were talking about it and, and they were counseled afterwards. Like no matter how this feels to you, you need to perpetuate how bad this workout is. So once you finish, no matter what you, you, know, you put time up on the board or whatever, you know, we kept a chart and this and that. And, um, and, 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 but the counsel at the end was, look, you need to, you know, you know what it was like for you coming into this, help us make it worse for everyone who comes after you <laughs> preserve so, the methos preserve them exactly and so now we've got you know accomplices in making this thing seem harder than it is so everybody who came in later um you know maybe it wasn't maybe it was only 17 people that do it and the reason i'm stuck on 31 is because that was the longest amount of time it took anyone to do it this is one of the stunt guys that um yeah it took him 31 minutes or something but he just kept going i was just like dude just quit <laughs> it's okay. I mean, you'll never get another chance, but you can you can end this right now. I mean, oh my God, I'm sorry, just but, and um, but but that's was part of it. It was the totality of 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 the experience, not the individual twenty five push ups, fifty deadlift, you know, whatever the you know it 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 was. I don't even know if I could recite it verbatim right now but um but i probably could if you press me but it's 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 silly to do so it was the totality of it the psychological weight going into it was much heavier than anything you actually had to do on the gym floor and that's how we wanted it that's something that carried through to a lot of other tests that you know we you know developed when i was at jim jones and um what are we trying to you know what what muscle are we trying to mold ultimately I mean, yeah, it's a six pack, but I'd rather have a really good brain because with a good mind and proper work ethic, I can eat the six packs easy. So I'm curious because at the, uh, are we calling it symposium for real? Did I actually yeah. inject that? Oh no, you, you injected that and we took it. We okay. were just like, yes, I'm not sure it's if you guys symposium. were like laughing. No. no. Okay. Cause we had no other word. Okay, great. Um, so that's my impact Yes. on the, on the symposium. <laughs> We kind of, you guys kind of alluded to the fact that when the stars were done their workouts, what you tried to counsel them was don't go out and talk about how it was so difficult and it was tough. Yeah. You actually were doing the opposite. Mm. And and I think we were talking about how your language had evolved. Is that the phenomena that, that is happening? Is that you went from this? Well, but that's, so when I, when I say, okay, someone passed through the 300, the crucible of the 300 workout and we counseled them to you know continue talking about how hard it is that's an internal deal that's why we're shooting movie that's while you know all of those guys are training together or in the room together or okay. whatever and so that's only to make you know to make 135 pounds heavier for everyone who comes after but if you actually got interviewed after the fact um you know it, but we but yes, language evolved and our attitude about it evolved because we realized the danger of making all of these things sound so fucking hard mm -hmm. is that you keep people from trying. Yes. And that was, I think, the point that we made in, mm -hmm. at the at the symposium is, you know, look, I want the, the actor on the press tour to talk about it in a way that, yes, it's difficult, but it's not impossible. Yes, it was 
hard and I had to pay attention and I actually had to, you know, live according to the contract that I signed for the job that I wanted to do. Um, and, but that it, that it is accessible to people. Whereas you start to make it sound really hard with a ton of privation and that sort of thing. And you, and, and that scratches, you know, tickles that fucking massages that loves your own ego when you're saying it mm -hmm. because it was like super hard to go through but i did it mm -hmm. love me because i did it admire me because it was hard and i did it anyway mm -hmm. great that's fine for you it's unhelpful for anybody watching Unless they're just there for the sort of hero worship or the admiration or whatever. But, um, but, but mostly it's just like, look, our society is in a particular condition right now. The state of people's physical and mental fitness, let's say, and I'm using the air quotes again, even though you can't see it, um, is deplorable. And the people that, the, you know, if, if people are going to Hollywood, you know, to find out who to vote for, <laughs> obviously they're they're putting a lot of weight on the opinion of those people so let, i passed through this process i did this process engaged in this thing i i you know i watched i managed what i ate in relation to a particular objective i managed my physical output and re, you know recovery and status in relation to a particular objective and lo and behold i got closer to that objective and ultimately you saw it on the big screen and yeah it wasn't it's not unrealistic. It's human beings doing human being shit. And that's what should be broadcast at that level, in my opinion, is that it's difficult, but difficult isn't negative. It's hard, but it's not impossible. How did I do it? Ah, I found, you know, I had a guide. That can be helpful. Not necessary, but how'd I do it? One fucking day at a time with the, a, a clear understanding of my starting point and a clear understanding of what would be required of me by the time that I actually reach the objective, you know, whatever, you know, starting point of point A and going to point B. If I understand those two things, it's pretty goddamn simple to wake up and be attentive of where I am, where I'm going, where I am, where I'm going. Now this is not, this is not day 90 of a 90 day program. Now we're on day 81 mm -hmm. and tomorrow you're going to be on day 80 and it's going to constantly evolve and you need to be aware of how you are changing and, 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 and how the work needs to change in order to keep you know, progressing towards that objective. But it's not fucking hard. But I think that's so. As you know, I've been doing lots of interviewing over the last several months. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a full time job. Uh, but one thing that has come out in a number of cases is the hardest thing for people is to know where they're going. I don't know if it's a generational thing, if it's just like a societal thing. It, but the amount of people that I've spoken to that couldn't tell me what they're... I don't, I don't believe in the whole five-year plan thing. The question I pose it is... It didn't work out so well <laughs> for that place where it yeah. started. Yeah. The question I ask is, over the next couple of years, what experiences do you want to have? 
you know, like in the workplace, what kind of work do you want to do? Like, what kind of roles would you like to touch? What kind of clients do you want? You know, and, and we're talking two chicks at the same time, man. <laughs> if that goes down in my if that goes down in my office, office I have bigger space. problems. <laughs> I have, and ninety percent of the time, someone leaves unsatisfied. <laughs> oh, for sure, <laughs> absolutely. In fact, all three, if it's done right. <laughs> Um, but in so many cases, people stumbled their way through. Now, these are people who've graduated, you know, Bachelor of Fine Arts, Computer Science. I mean, they've they've done a four-year program in something. So you would think that there's some direction. Somewhere along the way, they identified the path. Paul sitting, like, shaking his head. And I go... <laughs> <laughs> but it was flabbergasting to think, okay, you're... In some, I mean, we, I've been interviewing from like mid 20s till late 30s. Okay. And I mean, you pick every age bracket, people were like, well, I don't really know. So what you're saying is it's not that hard if you've earmarked your destination. But it's like people are. But that's a sp- very specific goal. I mean, what you're asking, you know, maybe they're putting a bit more weight on what you're asking. But what I'm talking about is, you know, this specific physical aesthetic in a way that doesn't have to do with, you, know, you don't have to change your living circumstances. You don't have to change your job. You don't have to, I mean, maybe you have to change your living circumstances because, you know, there will be social influences that you might need to curtail. Curtail. Yeah. But. But but so, so I'm talking about a pretty specific objective. When somebody comes in and says, "Hey, I'm you know, I'm just interested in a transform, you know, on a volunteer basis or work basis, I'm interested in a transformation, or I've been told I have to transform myself for this for this role," um, that okay, we've we've somebody's already drawn the objective, and and maybe, you know, maybe, on a storyboard somewhere, and <laughs> like it's pretty fucking easy. You don't look like this on this day when they point the camera at you. <laughs> yeah, everyone has failed. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Maybe and then, however, but if we, depending on how badly we fail, Paul comes in to clean up. (laughs) Yeah, I get to make you skinnier, younger, or change a complete costume for somebody. Yeah, that happens. We also (laughs) hashtag head replacement. (laughs) We also make people that are old look young, and and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes we remove mustaches. They're not supposed Bench to be there. Button mm-hmm. the fuck out of them. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Oh, recover oh, that instant. In- <laughs> I know. I, that's just that's. Ouch, goodness. man. Yeah. Straight Ouch. to the straight to the nuts with that one. <laughs> um, but but it's interesting to me, Ross. That like, okay, you're interviewing people. Okay. Well, so. If you don't know where you're going or what experiences you want to have in the next couple of years, why are you like, why are you you here? (laughs) Like, if you don't know, why did you end up in front of me talking about a job? Well, because one experience I don't want to have is not having homelessness. (laughs) (laughs) I know I don't don't want, but but you know I look at especially when it comes to to designers. I mean, they've been through the BFA program. They've had six weeks or 12 weeks on a subject. That is not enough time to learn a craft. So you, I would typically expect them to say, hey, you know, we did a bit of this. I really enjoyed it. I'd love to explore it a little bit more. Or 
I don't want to do this thing. I didn't really feel like it was my strong suit. You know, at least have some kind of frame of reference. After four years, you know, they've just had a plan, graduate. Yeah. What's coming next? And I, I think what if they can't do that, and I'm not saying... Well, don't I get a job with years. my diploma? Mm. That's what they told me when I was doing philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> it automatically comes with employment. Yeah. As soon as you can just quote like Proust or whatever, yeah. you walk yeah. out of there and believe it. That is what they are telling people who graduate three month Code Academy boot camps. Oh, yeah. Straight up, you're a full stack developer. Of course. You're going to get a job. Starts at 60 grand a year. I'm like, so let me get this straight. What did you do? What did, what did you do 100 days ago? Oh, well, you know, fry cook. I worked in Foot Locker. As a barista. Foot Locker so, as a barista. They've really stepped up their game. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know I could get espresso while I was getting yeah. shoes. Well, they man. found out that those Air Jordans don't actually make you jump higher, but caffeine does. No, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's science, bro. <laughs> well, if you've seen Idiocracy, like eventually Starbucks becomes like kind of a rub and tug place. For so sure. Maybe Foot Locker is where it starts. You know? And we have a... Fuck it. We would be way better off with the WWF wrestler or whatever. <laughs> Just going to say. Believe. Believe. <laughs> Belize, so, I hear that's a great place to vacation. <laughs> English speaking, clean, friendly. Yeah. So it's Yoga totally, retreats. So, so, <laughs> sorry. Ta- total no. tangent. We mentioned shoes. What are your feelings on... Um, Personal trainers showing up to coach someone in a pair of Yeezys. I don't even know what they look like. I'm so out of touch. They're, I know what they are. I know that they're... So you know. think about, you know, like kind of Nike fly knit stuff. But imagine it's it's kind of stretchy and has sure. zero support and a massive foam sole. I... Like, imagine almost like the least athletic shoe you could possibly think of. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Paul, here's one I purchased earlier. No. I'll just use the Androids. Oh, yeah. Oh, those are, those are That's a shoe that looks like a, you know. So, Wait, I think many sports a cars. a train in that? No, no, a, a trainer who's like oh. demoing how to. I don't hold trainers to any kind of high regard, so whatever they show up. With, I was gonna say like, it looks yeah, like a, it's sense. a it's a shoe that looks like a sports car, which was designed to look like a shoe in the first place. So they're really just like <laughs> push pull, pull yeah. self stroking. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. The, I've seen yeah. this trainer who keeps showing up wearing Yeezys, and is this at the other establishment at which you train sometimes? It's the only establishment in which I train at okay. these days. Because I haven't seen any Yeezys in here, but I haven't seen a lot of working out. <sighs> Sounds like Yeezys out. are the Mazda Miata of, of training shoes. Yeah. It, potentially. But see, said, said trainer I saw this morning demonstrating how to back squat. And it was a sad day when the person he's training had a better back squat form than he did <laughs> because he literally just like hinged in the middle as he was showing. So he's got Yeezys on. He's... He's doing the and good morning. You mor- probably even know who he is, Michael. He's doing the good morning squat. Kind of. <laughs> probably. Just with just I'll with have the bar. To look at some footwear. Yeah. 
Wow. That's you... probably not the limiting factor, though. I mean, because I can still squat in clown shoes. But... I, I, I would ne- I would never draw <laughs> seek to draw a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, to, I mean, to draw a connection between yeah. the two. It was more of a like there's just like there's like layers there's a disconnect, to, you know. But but it also says a lot says. about what that individual values. Three hundred dollars shoes. Is that what they that cost? There? Those shoes cost three hundred dollars. Yeah, I think he started at two twenty-five. Jesus, good for him. Christ. And on the aftermarket, seven hundred bucks. Oh, after they sell out, yeah, they triple or double. how fast do they sell out? Same day. Oh yeah, yeah. So like this, supreme. Yeah. Okay, so this this really tells me a lot about what this person values. Yep. Because they probably he was went ready to fast. fucking. Buy, he was like. He's had an alarm set shoes. on his phone. Or not. Or he had to buy them off eBay. Oh, so he's And paid double. 700 bucks. Because you, uh, I heard that most <laughs> and ho- of these. And hopefully got fakes. <laughs> I've heard that most of these like fire sale things that happen really fast, you can't even, you can't even set an alarm to hit it because they happen so fast. And there's so many AI systems already you like, have to logging buy- in and buying a bunch of them. You have to buy a bot. Yeah. Yeah, you have to buy a bot to buy a thing for full price <laughs> so you spend 25 so to 50 dollars on a bot on a bot then you have to sometimes buy ips to cycle through hashtag defend analog uh-huh. yes go to the In store fact, <laughs> wait that t-shirt it's a non-profit defend analog t-shirt i'm fucking doing an advertisement yeah oh, nice. check this out mid-podcast yes. awesome ah. yeah after talking about yeezys yeah we're talking about Yeezys. <laughs> we're, t- we're gonna talk Throw- about the uh, 1200 t-shirt wait it's not <laughs> that much we're I, throwing some shade uh, i didn't put no the- it was 1200 but if you buy now if you act now act now Right now, wake oh, up! I don't even know. How much get up! Say. Set your alarm to get up when you don't want to, and then buy it. It'll be more valuable if you buy it. It'll be yours for 120 payments of 9.95. Oh my God! Can we set an alarm so that the shirt is only available for sale at like 3:30 in the morning? But which time zone? What is time? On the sundial, roughly ballpark <laughs> high noon. Okay, wait, wait a second. I, I I got it. It's only available to buy. When a P90X infomercial is playing at the same time. <laughs> That's some coordination because I don't even have a TV. <laughs> oh, yeah. I Actually, a, I mean, I have nobody, a Netflix account. Does but, anybody have a TV anymore? Yeah. And watch, oh, like, I have a TV, TV, but like, I don't. It's attached to the internet, right? I pay yeah. for it. I just haven't ever turned it I, on. I have multiple TVs, but I haven't paid for cable since I was 18. I just, yeah. I buy what it's I It's part watch. of our HOA, so I have to. Oh, yeah. It's one of those, hey, thanks, guys. No one fucking uses this, but charge me anyway. Yeah, I get pursued by the cable companies. They, every once in a while, they'll come around. They're like, you're the only person in these five square blocks that doesn't have cable. We'll just give it to you. And I'm like, I don't want it. You're like, I'm, I'm the only person with that a was life. intelligent <laughs> enough to tell you to fuck off. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> like, our world is screwed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, man. Don't you want to be like the rest? Do, do you want, so we went like, to go I'm saving buy, up for Yeezys. This, can't afford your cable. <laughs> this is no joke. We we are like, uh, we finally needed new phones because I have like an iPhone 6, not even S. So it's really fucked up and it started not working. It's behaving. Yeah, it was just things didn't happen. So I'm like, and it was perfect. It's still perfect condition. But we go into like, okay, I'll get the next thing or whatever. So we go into AT&T and they're like, oh, there's like a buy one, get one free deal. And I was like, awesome because we need two. So what the fuck? Like, how long do I need to do whatever? 
not shitting you. It's they'll give you credit for seven hundred dollars if you sign a two year contract. You have to put you have to put the phone on that contract that you're paying for, so you pay interest on it. You can't pay cash for it. That that's not allowed. And you have to just sign up for Directv as well. Oh, shit. and you have to add an account. It has to be a new account. And I was like doing the math. I'm like Directv is like fucking two hundred dollars a month. <laughs> you essentially, if you run the numbers, you're just go you're looking to Apple forty eight hundred. Buy the phone out, right? Yeah, so I did. I was like, okay, thanks, guys. So I just went and bought two phones with cash and just yeah. like, okay, what the fuck? Who does that? Well, you don't Stupid buy people. cell phones anymore. You just lease them. That's what it's really become. Sure, you know, it's like yeah. I got that from Clay. Yeah, he's like, oh, I just get the newest phone every year. Sure, and I'm like, how do you do that? And he's like, just pay. It's like, oh, okay, so I'm not really, I don't really own the phone no. anymore. I just trade it in. Right. After the abuse, my phone goes through. I don't know if I want to own the phone. You know, it's no. like, especially with kids. You're just like, I don't know how this stuff came on it. Like, <laughs> we can, this can go away. Wow. Mm. Yeah, I bought mine. It works better. And then when I wrecked my mountain bike with my phone in my jersey pocket, I bought another one. <laughs> 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 Actually, the first six that I had came... Uh, as a gift from Eamon. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. There was like a day when it came out or something, and I can't remember what year. That must have been 2014. Nice. Whatever. That, uh, and then that got me hooked on the like owning the phone and put, being able to put my own SIM cards in, wherever, whatever country I happen to be. So yeah. Apple's got it right with the new, is it the iPhone R that has dual, has yeah, two dual SIM cards? Sims, yeah. I, I can't mean, believe they didn't See, that was an Android thing for a long time already yeah, wasn't yeah. it oh yeah nokia iPhone. did it as well for logically years. apples are like four years behind android okay like the feature wise like their phone just now has water resistance you're like yeah. that was available five years ago you could take your phone your android five your galaxy five years ago into the shower and you'd be totally fine and the dual sim card came really? out like eight years ago. yeah it's oh it, the dual sim so card was out when i was when i was still living at home yeah the only thing apple has is ease of use and it connects to everything. And if you, yeah, I was going to say, and if you yeah. switch to Android, because I, for you know, a lot of those movie jobs, mm-hmm. I had a fucking Google Nexus phone because yeah, yeah, yeah. could get cheap SIM cards and that sort of thing. And it was so, I mean, that was the Bulgaria phone, dude. Yeah. yeah. But, but I actually got it when I was in France because <laughs> I didn't own the iPhone at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like, okay, everywhere I'm going to, I don't know how many different countries on this job. I'm going to have to be, I don't know how many different SIM cards. So this seems to be the one. Yeah. Anyway. Now you could just do Google Fi. Yeah, I travel around the world with the same SIM card, but it's it's just a service you pay for. Yeah. It yeah. works just as well in China as it works in Yeah. Well Italy. Google Fi is amazing. Like if you it, like if you can put up with the phone, but no. I'm the easy use guy. Yeah, same. Yeah. Like I'm like, I don't want to know how to do it. I just yeah. want it to work. <laughs> I, mean, I don't have, care. Have you seen the new Palm phone? It only works with Verizon, but it's that size. And it's an Android phone. I like dream. Screen. I, 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 I dream of a world one day where not only we're equal and starvation is solved, but I can have a small fucking phone again. So, <laughs> yeah, I so least, <laughs> like, look up Palm. If you're willing to handle 2G, you can get a light phone. I, well, I tried Which to was call. actually a great idea. It really was. Poorly executed, unfortunately. Sh- Version 2, apparently it's better. Okay. You know who was actually uh, one of the early financers? 
Matthew Weatherly exactly. White. <laughs> I knew it. I, I knew it. I was like, who do, yeah, that fits him perfectly. It's, yes. <laughs> that, that's like him shopping on some startup site and him being like, that's cool. I'm going to invest money into that. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I did just invest in a Kickstarter for Penta Orb. The mathematician, Euler, came up with a non-spherical design that's a Penta Orb. It's a rounded pentagram 3D that can spin on its axis evenly. It's a super fucking weird. Anyway, they're making them out of machined metal. That was the last Kickstarter that I just bought it to, to let you know what I purchased. So what does it do? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Oh. It's a, it's a, it's it's the it's a it's like a, a production of a mathematical proof. Yeah. Well. I'm suddenly feeling pretty good about my life. Yeah. It's a it's a fucking paperweight. It's a paperweight, basically. Did the did that phone never show up? They no, never... no, no. I have I I, I have them too. You know. And oh, I you do. Started to and then it was just like okay, this is super complicated to to actually use. Okay, it's because it has to be ordered for it to work. In the the early version, it seemed to, that I needed to slave it to my other phone. Mm. That and is it was the, like a that's what the palm it, phone does. It you can leave your phone at home, but you do a number sharing, and you just take this like tiny thing. Oh. It, it looks like an iPod Mini. I mean, it's about really? the size of an iPod Mini. That's cool. So, but it's essentially it's being slaved. I, yeah. So, so that seems to be like a turn off, turn on issue. Remember to turn this thing on, and then it doesn't. And then I'm just like, well, sometimes, general. I often if I'm going out, if I'm, if I'm riding. I have my phone for uh, the dual use of it being also a camera. If I'm on foot somewhere, I always carry a camera, but I rarely carry a good, you know, mm. good camera when I'm riding. So it t- turns out that um, I'd go back n- to a sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> Just text. No, side, side, sidekick too. Sidekick too. Sidekick yeah, yeah, too. Sure, sidekick With that like spinning yeah, yeah. Yeah, screen. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> Just change the world. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I I'm had just, uh, I had those little phones in in Taiwan, and like I got one down that was seriously like the Zoolander <laughs> phone, the Panasonic GD80, and it was like this big, and I fucking lost it all the time because it was so light. I'd yeah. put it in my pocket. And you're always riding scooters, and I'd get somewhere and be like, oh fuck, I lost another phone. You know, like I, I pulled a, a a bill, a note, or whatever out of my pocket to pay for something. My phone came out, and I didn't notice. Yeah, exactly, because yeah. it's so light. I don't remember the number of the model, but there's plenty of videos now showing a Nokia 62 whatever being shot with a gun, and they are bulletproof. I had that phone too. What in the fuck? Was that a 6210? Okay. I thought Mark was going to pull out a Nokia because he got quiet and they started to shift, and I was like, this is going to get really interesting. Like, he finally decided that he needs... <laughs> that was a good phone. Yeah, that phone you could take apart and dry over a over a radiator. Like I I had that phone and it got wet. Oh, you could okay. pull it apart and put it over a radiator. This you could dry the motherboard. Yeah, and just let it cool down. Put it back that, together. The, it would work. You could do that with the thirty three tens and the thirty three thirties. That was. Before. I just want to know what happened to all of them because it was like at some point every single person that had a cell phone had that one Nokia version that had like you know you, you can change, change the, the case face color. and yeah, yeah everybody had that version and then like almost overnight nobody had it smartphones well yeah i, I well, like, no, I get the evolution it went to, it went like, to flip phones 
Oh, because they, they were it was the brick it was yeah. like oh the slimline brick yeah and mm-hmm. then it was flip phones and motorola kind of came into their own and then the iphone came out iPhone which was like destroyed the flip phone killer yeah. yeah so i even had a palm palm pilot yeah was, well that was the dream yeah yeah i mean stylus it had a stylus and yeah and i would like browse the did internet. you ever have a blackberry I no never, i never owned the, the blackberry no i never went blackberry it was always i never i never got it there's still there's like a there's a very underground group of people that really still love the BlackBerry. I think they're mostly politicians. I don't know. Like, I, that's I, my I, guess. I, I mean, the QWERTY keyboard, what an invention. Yeah. Can you imagine going back to that now? They're going to get rid of it. They're going to get rid of the keyboards altogether. That was like some technological conference that happened a couple of years ago where they decide the overall design things the paradigms that they're going to work and they're going to work against keyboards they want everything to be gestures and voice recognition yeah they're not scottish because voice recognition and being scottish does not work (laughs) well they could have an irving welsh filter i don't even know if that would help (laughs) they'd have to create like some kind of ai learning platform that took jared butler robert carlisle you know, just like every possibly the pr- proclaimers, you know, the proclaimers, you know, just like and just learned from all of the speech patterns to try and make something that can understand Scottish people. But if, then they'd have to make one for Sheffield. Then that'd be the next step, and or the or Liverpool, L- Liverpudlians are forget it wild. Yeah, uh, that is a sign of like how ridiculous the keyboard is though because it's design feature and it's pattern is totally limited based on what was designed a long time ago mm-hmm. right yeah i mean the, y- y- actually computers in general mm-hmm. are very poor design because yeah. they, the the way the operating systems are constructed it's it's a filing cabinet you know it's like hey it's all i mean think about windows yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. really changed i mean it's right. basically a digital filing cabinet Apps have definitely made it a lot a lot easier, but it's a bad it's a bad user experience. Yeah. I'm going to have a thing in my hand that I wipe yeah. essentially wipe across a table yeah. that I have to stop using to then ha- use an interface that has fifty you know fifty keys on it, and then I have to go back to this input. I mean, in terms of of product design people aren't thinking about it i mean hmm. well in the rest of the world like in china they can have a keyboard because every character is like five keystrokes right so they're very much into this mm-hmm. because they can just draw it really quickly yeah, yeah right whereas with the keyboard they have to be like okay that plus that plus that <laughs> equals yeah. one symbol it's like right. t9 texting you're like oh jesus do i have to do this again he hit three four times or like whatever it is to get yeah. And, that, and that's part of the thing that we're, you know, with my startup, Nova, that's what we're part, the the user interface is to, is a lot more like three-dimensional gesture based. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not designed to replace the keyboard, but it's to simplify a lot of these like unnatural movement patterns that we've just developed. It's like, it's like sitting at a desk. We, were, yeah. we weren't really designed to do that, but we've done it for so long that people accept it using a mouse and a keyboard yeah. and a touchpad to go i'm going to go from here to here to here we've already seen it i mean this is this experience is so much better than 
I'm waving my phone. <laughs> just like, <laughs> this experience. And they're like, what is he doing? Um, it's just way better than than the, mm. your conventional desktop thing. And but I'm, it's nobody's gonna be, challenging it. It's going to be a sad day. Like, I can't, I can't even, I mean, I can write my hand, but it's frustrating. But it's going to be a sad day when I can't type to get, like, because I'm fast. And I like typing. Like I like to just, because yeah. I, I like to edit after. And, and when I edit, I use a pencil or a pen. Mm -hmm. And I like that back and forthness. If mm -hmm. they take away my keyboard, I'm going to be pissed. You know? Yeah. That would be really uncomfortable for me. You'll feel like a baby boomer then. <laughs> like, they take our jobs. They can't write cursive anymore. It's like, I, <laughs> I had this argument with my mom because she was super pissed about like them not teaching cursive in school. And my first argument was like, mom, no one can read your fucking cursive anyway. Like it sucks. My second argument was like, there's a lot to learn out there. Like half your generation can't open a fucking PDF. Like, <laughs> but you guys have awesome cursive. Like that is fucking totally useless. And, and again, <laughs> I, I, I can write. Sorry, old people. <laughs> like, I just, like, <laughs> All I do is write in cursive, but it wouldn't resemble anything that my parents would write in. <laughs> It, it, it's, it, I should have been a doctor based on my handwriting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all, but it's all connected. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. It's like one continuous line. Pretty much. That's actually pretty. Funny. It looks like a pulse rate. I mean, that's. Just, <laughs> you know, it's just, Ross was agitated here. <laughs> his brain was running faster than his hand at this point. So the thing is, I can, I can hate type, but I can't hate write. Yes. Okay. Like I can stab yeah. the fuck out of a keyboard. Yeah. Right. But your pen's going to go through the paper. It's, it's kind of it, like yeah. an offensive quality to writing <laughs> aggressively. You, you can have a bash at it with a pen, but that pencil, you're just going to spend yeah, more time like with the my French sleeve and script this out right here. <laughs> God forbid you're a lefty. So, oh. <laughs> here's the, here's the, we were talking about penmanship the other day because I was like, actually, my curse is pretty damn good. Like, I can still sign the check like a motherfucker. <laughs> And then Kenton was like, ah, oh, yeah, my cursive sucks. And I looked at it. I was like, that's beautiful. Like, your handwriting is excellent. I feel embarrassed that I even made a, you know, proclamation like that. And he was like, oh, no, no, my, my, my father was a penman. Oh, his dad's, like, his dad's work from when, when he had steady hands, incredible. He got hired in the 80s to re-sign this 200-year-old document to, like, be part of this document. To replicate the the existing signatures, or no, to put other writings into it, to like they're to adding to a it? list of names, and yeah, to amend this, like really important. I, I forgot what it was. Do you remember what it was? It was no. something. I was like, oh yeah, that completely take like. Okay. His dad has kept has like, I mean, volumes of notebooks that he's kept over the years, and I helped his folks move. Yeah, yeah, he's like ninety right now. Yeah, yeah, he turns yeah. ninety today actually, or yesterday. Yeah. Um, I think so because Aaron's cooking him an apple pie, and <laughs> it's hard. Just, <laughs> but but it's it is incredible. It is a lost art. Yeah, I, I mean, for sure. My kids will not know what that is. And my dad had great handwriting as well. Yeah, so that's fucking weird. Yeah, I'm, they, I'm, they they learned to write on slates and and shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I gave. Right. Well, I tried my hand. At is that where you use the hammer? <laughs> or. Because you, 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 you could hate text on slate. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Good. Hey, <laughs> text is a lot of fuck you. That's why I mean every bathroom stall in the world is like just something carved into it. 
You're like, how and long are you in People always wonder, like, why are they so hateful? I'm like, well, you are carving something with, like, a sharp edge. <laughs> it's probably derogatory. For some reason, people who use, you know, they hate Jews for some reason in the stalls. Like, there's always something about... Uh, it d- makes no fucking Some sense. Some kind of right? anti-Semitic. Yeah. yeah. What was the comedian that talked about that? And then he was like, why are bathroom stalls always wet? Like, they're always, like, dripping wet. It's like... And somebody carved, like, eight Jews in the side of it or something. While they were waving their cock around that, like, <laughs> the was leaking hole. at the time. <laughs> like, call Gina. Yeah. 801. <laughs> you know? but, yeah, there's always... Well, Gina there's never lives in my, right? zip, my area code, no. apparently. You get, like... like never, it's always long distance. So I'm like, fuck that. that number? <laughs> I, you, no, Back you get, when like, long the, distance was a thing, like about the time cursive was still. That. It's the list of things. It's like it's like hate faggots, and then down below it's like Jim uh, will be here at five p.m. and there's a hole in the stuff. Like there's like Jesus. polar opposite sides, <laughs> and then there's a drawing of a dick. Yeah, like, <laughs> hate hate what you're holding in your hand. Also, you, uh, maybe, I, maybe it was done by a, a religious organization. <laughs> hate touching yourself. Yeah. 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 So and so, <laughs> if you hate touching yourself, that would explain why the floor is always wet, because you can't aim. <laughs> I think we just Be- solved it. Because this yeah. is a no, so that's people multitasking. That has- I can carve if I'm going hands free. <laughs> but, yeah, but we just literally solved what, like the shittiest bathrooms that have piss all over them. They're obviously just homophobic people that are afraid of touching their own dick, so they they, they don't control it. I think if we I just, touch, or, just if I touch a dick, something. I'm gay. Yeah, Even my own. They're just so afraid of being is gay that, that they is? piss like, everywhere. But also, <laughs> maybe it's so. It, if you go, wait, let me clear it. If you okay. go to a bathroom and you piss everywhere, you're a home a homophobe, or you're or you're hyper masculine and you're marking your territory. I've always like I'm just. Okay, there's a uh, urinal is a bad spot to mark your territory. Like you're gonna have a lot of overwrite, a lot of competition. <laughs> See, yeah. you're going from urinal. You know, I, like a tree, a bush, even a fire hydrant, because that's a dog's. No, but I'm gonna mark early, like on the floor before you get to the urinal. <laughs> uh, fuck it, the sink. See, <laughs> as long as yeah, because see, other men are gonna wash their hands in it. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, it. This is an appalling thing to me. Uh, what? Yeah. How derailed like, our no, conversations no, no. gone? Or no, <laughs> I, no. The the fact that I got to walk into other mm-hmm. walk into urine in order to you know mm-hmm. carefully aim into a bowl shaped receptacle specifically designed for the purpose at an, mm-hmm. and at a relatively appropriate height for me to make it to, to make it fairly easy for me to keep it all in one place and not. Like get it everywhere, Splash including back. on the tops of my shoes. Oh, yeah. like so now I've. Uh, it's just okay. This is a giant hole. You've got your hand on your dick. You can't get the output in the giant hole. <laughs> this tells me something about your usefulness with other physical activities involving your hand, your dick, and a hole. Does this go to power to weight ratio thing? Absolutely, because <laughs> well, apparently, I mean, you need to also to grab. You need to be able to see sometimes. All right, I've done so, some actually, math here. Actually, the pro- <laughs> depending on the how protruding the belly is, that's what I'm saying. I mean, well, there you might fumble. not be able to see. All right, so, that's l- let's take this. The average male yeah. pisses twice a day. You know, 
sometimes more. So we'll average that down. We'll say 60 seconds each time. Um, you 60 you, seconds of flow amounts to how much? It it doesn't matter, but we'll go. Yeah, you it know, does. Come, come on. <laughs> no, we're, but for so you know, it's you a know, volume question. Well, yeah. So we're going. You know, that's seven thousand six hundred minutes a year of pissing over the course of ten years. You have one hundred and twenty-one days of pissing. That means by the time I'm ten, I should have my ten thousand hours. You should be a master at pissing. <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't, <laughs> you're doing something wrong. <laughs> on your tenth birthday. Pissmaster endorsement. Endorsement. You get a merit badge. <laughs> it's a scouting award. It's a yeah. scouting award. It's hey. a te- so it's just like if you can win the Pinewood Derby as a Cub Scout and hit this hole every it, what, time, all what, the time, even in the dark. What's your average flow oh, wait, sorry, in 60 sorry, sorry. seconds? What are you, like 500 milliliters? At least. You know, depending on how de- dehydrated you are. Yeah. Maybe 750. <laughs> that's it. That's you're coming from the bar at 750. No, I mean, it's 750. No, I mean, or I just yeah. drove to St. George and wanted to prove a point that yeah. I don't need to stop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, sorry. Let me correct. That's not 120. That's 121 hours. So it take. Yeah, you should. That's 100 fucking 21 hours of just holding your dick. That's in 10 years. Yeah, I mean, the manipulation, the dexterity required. Oh man, if you didn't go back on that, you were going to get called out on social media for yeah, doing totally. your math badly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you so, can talk all be the worst kiss that you want, but yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, I divided by 60 and then I, I tried to, I timesed it to get the year right and then I was thinking days because I didn't take it over, but I went back and I bl- It's okay, Michael, I blame Apple. By the time you're 10. So by the time you're 20, Two hundred and you know well that you, you introduce know, alcohol you're, you're from pe- twenty to thirty. You I, I, ex, it's exponential. No, I was going to say from fifteen to twenty. <laughs> that's alcohol, the beer gets involved, and yeah. so now you're you're increasing your output considerably. So yeah. you're holding your dick a lot more. Yeah. Even maximum effort. Conservative circles, you should have five hundred hours of pissing by the time you're thirty, if you've done it right, and then by the time you're fifty, having. You know, some issues with the prostate. It's not flowing. You're going a lot more. It's not flowing. Less volume. Yeah, less volume, but you're there Greater frequency. Yeah. So you get more user experience, but less flow. I think you could, you really should put the Michael Blevin standard in toilets. Like it should be like, if you are this age and you cannot hit the toilet, you are no longer a human being. So, you know? so have you heard of the pea cone if, for women? If you, if you can't oh, hit yes. the urinal... Feel free to sit down. (laughs) Open the door to the stall. Go in, sit down. Keep it in the bowl, you fucking idiots. You're already overweight and diabetic. Another seat's going to be great for you. Yeah. I, I I can't imagine what kind of person... Because I can imagine the kind of person that misses every once in a while. Like, you know, you wake yeah, it's up... Called the it happens sexual. to us all. Yeah, something like <laughs> it goes sideways sometimes. Or like it, you know, it but goes you just a different cu- direction. Get a wipe. But there's this weird part that after you're provided with the exact implement that it takes to make up for your mistake. You don't even have to travel to get it. You can just like... T- that's what I don't get. <laughs> my my six-year-old yeah. knows to grab a wipe. And if he hits the floor, he just wipes the floor. Yeah. He, it, it's it's not that hard to teach. No. Not at all. We're not even requiring. Apparently, apparently it is. My three-year-old has a harder time with it right now, but because he forgets. See, I like to write my my name in the snow as much as any other guy. (laughs) Well, because especially because it's cursive. 
<laughs> it's really hard to do all caps in print. You're right. There's a lot of hold and stop. That hurts. <laughs> yeah. But I also know that snow is outside. So there's an appropriate place to write my name in the snow. It's where the fucking snow is. It's not in the urinal in the airport. So, some, which seems to be where the most flagrant aiming violations occur. You've not correct you. I'll say movie theater. Ooh. I'll go a step ahead. 7-Eleven bathrooms. <laughs> Never been in one. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Do it for science. <laughs> oh, my God. Name of science. What kind of science are we talking about? Well, <laughs> you know, I'll double down. Venice Beach public washrooms. Yep. Summer. Yep. Sure, yeah. Yep. Worst give you that. ever. Well, or possibly just a nightclub. I have mm-hmm. been to a certain location that's kind of off-grid below Puerto Vallarta that I would say is the most horrendous bathroom that I've ever seen. Uh, let's be honest, it's a hole in the ground. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, I'm about to say, we should just take it back to, to go Euro. Yeah. You know, like footprints. 90s Euro footprints, because then everyone would have a great squatting technique. Yeah. What well, is better for you? Yeah. It is way better. Yeah. yeah. I th- this sound like some people may be like, man, these guys really diverge. Not really. We're literally just talking about the same thing. It just includes urine. We're talking about punctuality. <laughs> Time is inconsequential. We're talking about timing. Timing. We're talking about yeah. responsibility. Nurturing a relationship with your fellow human urethra. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the same. Universal laws. There's no quick gonna... fix. It all gets in the end. It all gets pissed away. And so, so. so apparently, I, I, and if you talk about it as if it's relatively easy to aim and hit the hole, then other people will find that accessible. But if you make it sound super difficult, I, we yeah, had so much time. Okay. So if there's a start point and then you've got a I destination and objective, it's not that hard to just. You know exactly. The Deliver steps. the objective, yeah. gentlemen, is a dry, clean floor. <laughs> right. Do you want to participate, or do you want to be that? And if you guy do- waves it around and writes his name in the snow while you're indoors, and if you do happen to make a mistake and you don't fix it yourself, somebody's gonna have to come along and clean your shit up. <laughs> if there's shit in the urinal, then. Well, it's, it's escalated. Then yeah. you took my <laughs> then you admonition to, to sit yeah. down <laughs> the wrong uh, way. A little bit <laughs> okay. too literally. Okay. Sit down on the appropriate <clears throat> receptacle. Receptacle, I yeah. guess, or yeah. support. Or Por- porcelain. <laughs> it applies to everything. If you can't master this one simple thing, you're by my ebook. <laughs> Yeah, urination technique described on page 671. Uh, Actually, it's got its own chapter. Is that a protocol? Apparently, it's needed. Is is that what it is? Protocol. Okay, so I... Optimize your aim. Yeah, you break it down. (laughs) Chapter 68, hitting the hole. (laughs) Chapter 69? Well, we know what that one is about. (laughs) But but if you can't pee in a urinal, you probably don't. You're not getting to 69. (laughs) You probably don't know that. Chapter 42. It's the purpose of life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 42. <laughs> okay, so uh, I feel like we've covered ground. <laughs> yeah. Do you really want to end on pissing, though? I, I, We can claw back. I don't know how I don't see the light. I, <laughs> I only joke. But do we say, like, maybe is there, like, a to be continued? Because I feel like there's a lot more minus derailments at some point. I... You know? <laughs> I, I I think it needs to be continued, and I, I think 
sooner rather than later if we're not going to, you know, forge on. I, I don't, I think, I don't have an accurate time count here. Don't ask Michael. He does not go atomic yet. So. Yeah. Are that you stuff. like subatomic? Is that what? <laughs> subatomic time. It is different. Uh, 11, 1121. <laughs> Just saying. I want to say we started around 840. Something like that. That seemed... This seems it seems possible right. that we could be going that long. Yep, we did end up where we ended up, so that makes more sense. Yeah. <sighs> and we got to get we got to bring it back. Yep. Okay. I need to bring it back from just for your own sanity. Yeah, because it's not a subject I really want to go go to sleep thinking about. Oh, okay. Fair enough. So uh, what? Did, <laughs> but I don't know how. Okay. To, okay. I, I, I have I, I have a question. I, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you were in proximity to Mark and Michael over the years across different jobs. <laughs> how does the, how is the perception and how did the perception and the reality differ? Now you've spent some time with them. You came to the symposium kind of on as, you know, not really, well, I don't think anyone knew what they were coming to. Um, <laughs> I did. Oh. It was the symposium. The funny thing is the symposium like was exactly what I thought expected it to be hmm. now here's why because i stayed away when i first got interested in what these guys were doing because back then it was jim jones and the attitude was like i was like so i was talking about this earlier is like when i got involved on 300 rise of an empire i got i got to go to pre-production which is rare hmm. usually we're told here's what we did fix it right <laughs> right but I actually got to be there before they shot anything where I got to see all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Some stuff, which is just trivial and hilarious, but other stuff was like hanging out with the stunt guys, yeah. understanding what they were pushing for physically. But more importantly is when, <clears throat> when an unnamed director may have been replaced by a better director, the energy that came with that director and his crew was different and so for me, I was very curious about what the fuck is going on there? You know, like, because it was not physicality, it was attitude. And the more I dug into it, the more I started to understand it was obviously from these guys. And a lot of it, a lot of faith was invested in what they were doing. And I think of, I think of a producer who I'll, I'll not say his name just because respect, mm -hmm. but he went to Bulgaria unhealthy. When I saw him when he came back, he was healthier. He was way different. Like yeah. you want to talk about transformation. That's actually the transformation that could have been talked about. That, yes. <laughs> because I thought he was going to die. Like when I saw him, he had a bit of an ashy face and stuff. And when he came back, he was really healthy and he's, he's kept it up. That's yeah. the other thing is it wasn't like he did some crash diet. It's like he learned something and he, he, he learned something and he learned that attitude and he learned about how, wow, if I just go down to this particular place where the environment influences my attitude on a daily basis, even if I only have 30 minutes on a day. Yep. Sometimes I'm going to have 45. Sometimes I may have an hour. That will be a fantastic, albeit difficult day. Um, but just consistently showing up, it was like I had like on that particular job, what happened to people in a way, you know, apart from, so let's just, we'll say, I'll put, I'll say Andrew Plotin in front of the camera mm -hmm. was like incredibly dramatic for mm -hmm. what he did in 30 days. But I think the biggest and most meaningful and most accessible transformations happened from people not 
on camera, but people working behind it and, yep. and who got caught up in the spirit of what was happening and then just realized, oh, it's not just restricted to actors, to stunt people, to, you know, the people with, you know, these other resources or whatever I can. You can do amazing. It. Yeah. And that was what I, so that's what I picked up on. And so I dug deeper because I occupy this position where I get to walk around the Warner Brothers lot as though I'm there. And because BVS was ramping up, I got to sniff around all sorts of stuff that people aren't supposed to because of course I was negotiating money stuff, which is always important before they shoot. And again, I started picking up on the attitudes and stuff. But at that time, I thought it was a Jim Jones thing. And so when I'd look up Jim Jones, I was like, it didn't mesh. It didn't mesh with what I was picking up on. And on BVS, I didn't go to set because of a number of reasons. I think certain people hurting themselves, other sort of stuff. But I did go to set on Justice League. And again, I still thought it was this Jim Jones thing. And I remember seeing Mark walking one day with a ball or something. I went into the gym. I snuck in and had a look. And I'm like, fuck. And did you guys build Zach's gym? in the Warner Brothers, on the Warner Brothers? No, that, I don't know how that got built, but I mean... It, Again. It, amazing. Yeah. It's a temple. It definitely was and a temple. And on Justice League, you know, that for me, I mean, that that gym that we were able to build there, the culmination of, you know, X number of jobs that we did, able to, you know, and having produced certain results and maybe able to make certain demands, but then also having Zach's 100% support because who was in there, who was the first person in there every day? Well, it was me, but who was in there five minutes later at Zach? Yep. And so that, that gym was built, you know, on his juice, but also to serve him yep. so that he could actually, you know, basically survive that job. Yeah. And he, and he was like, even him, it motivated me to like, get it together a little bit because he was supportive and physical and but also positive. And then when I went to the set of Justice League and I saw your guys' gym there and I talked to uh, Ray, that's when I started to realize, oh, there's something really cool going on there. And so my original perception was it was this hustle and grind, blah, blah, blah. You're gonna go hurt yourself and <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna make it through it. And I had actually asked a few producers that had been to Jim Jones and they, again, made it out like, oh, I had trouble walking after and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay. He's like, yeah, I'll take you up there. And I'm like, you didn't sell me. Like, <laughs> I don't want to not be able to walk. I want to feel better or whatever, but I want to feel this positive energy. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and so ultimately when I, when I finally came to the symposium, I had been following the podcast and that's where I was like, oh, now I understand. And then when I went back, it all synced up better. There was always a disconnect for me. You might be the only person who has listened to the podcast and then said, oh, I understand. <laughs> that's a first. I doubt that. I'm sure out there there's lots of faithful listeners that are like, you know. But no, like to me, the podcast, and it it's ironic, but the podcast happened when I ruptured my Achilles mm -hmm. and was basically like, wow, all my life I've jumped and sprinted and hung my athleticism on basketball and being fast and quick. And now I can't do nothing like that. And I listened to the identity podcast and I was like driving and I'm like, you know, I was like, 
did I smoke too much? Like, this seems way too... <laughs> are they talking to me? And, you know, like, so for me, it's all been, like, appropriate and makes more sense of the past, of my past experiences. Mm. And to this day, the day I saw you at Justice League, Mark, I, I, it's a good thing I didn't talk to you, knowing that you weren't having a good time. <laughs> knowing that I probably would have been like, hi. You know, I wouldn't know what to say, but... It, it was definitely a perception and reality changed. And I see the positivity in guys like Jason, Ray, uh, even still the Cruel Films guys. Like, there's a thing there. You know, yes. there's a thing that was forged. And it wasn't the Jim Jones thing, you know. It, it started out as that. Mm -hmm. And then as that identity changed, you know, the, the, the ideal that was important or that had been instilled you know, survived. Yep. And it, you know, and, and, and it survives now. And I, and I, you know, no <clears throat> comment about what's going on over there. Cause I don't know, don't pay attention. Don't care. Um, the, but, but that pot, that, that attitude that those guys had. So if I wasn't, you know, I mean, part of the difficulty for me with justice league was that it was back to back with wonder woman, that I was in the UK for 14 months straight, that I was, um, and there was a lot of serious responsibility. I mean, Wonder Woman was really hard. <laughs> yeah. And then rolling straight in. I mean, it was, but it was Jason's positivity. It's Ray's positivity. It's Zach's positivity that kept me in a equitable place. Mm -hmm. And that kept me waking up every morning to go make coffee and train people early before everything started. That... Yeah, without those people and the sort of attitude that we instilled early on being reflected back to me, if it hadn't been for that, then that job would have been way harder, like maybe not finished. Absolutely. And then the flip side is also like I wrote Michael when this, you guys announced that you're going to do the seminar at the time and you wrote back right away, it's not about overpowering you with our awesome grindhouse Paul, you know, like we're not there to beat the shit out of you. And I was like, it's almost like he read my mind. Cause I was like, I want to go meet these guys, but I don't want to, I can't, I'm, I'm fucked. My, you, you can't my, do the, the, the perceived past the, you know, physical test that you perceive or that people perceive is going to be required to get in the door off the porch, whatever. To even, so, to even listen. And understand. And now I've come away, and Michael, you've told me a million times now, it's not about being an elite person. It's about finding what your thing is and improving on it and building on it and finding, like, you know, pushing yourself to your own boundaries and going past them, building that map bigger. So for me, my perception versus the reality is actually pretty succinct. It was just. The missing piece was understanding what had gone on behind the scenes, mm. you know, and that, I mean, I'm, I'm inquisitive. So I probably spent, I don't go on social media other than to find things out. Right. You know, I follow, I follow people on social media that don't know I follow them because they're stupid enough to have open accounts. Like I follow my enemies on social media and I'm like, oh, this idiot, he thinks he's building a company, but he's surfing in Malibu. He's, I got him beat. You know, because that's how I work. You know, <laughs> that's how I win. That, you know? 
I'm I, my my account is private from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. I'm on. <laughs> right now, you're in. Now, there is something to be. I mean, that is a. There was a lesson that I think we had to learn the hard way because the physical barrier we thought was shorthand for um, some kind of like worthwhile investment if they could make it through a crucible. And I think it, again, we had to be careful what we were selecting for. Like, but we didn't know what we were. No. like we we hadn't identified point B. Right, totally. In a, in a way, like, and I hear it more and, and more often that it's like, oh, you mean you don't just like train super elite whatever? I'm like, yeah, absolutely not. That in fact, that's like the least likely thing. Mm-hmm. Like all the only thing that deems you qualified are like you know whether you're searching for an answer or not. If you if you can bridge that gap and you want to be something else then then there's like there's nothing stopping us from working with somebody other than maybe time and location or whatever mm-hmm. and, the, and the more i hear that the more i hear like normal people normal being in quotations like understanding that there wasn't this big thing or that that was the thing that got in their way from reaching out and not only improving their experience but actually influencing ours because that's a large part of this like every single person that I work with personally, I mean, because I can only speak for myself, is uh, they'll change, you know, so will I. And if I don't, then I didn't do something right. Like, I don't try to replicate things. It's that experience for them is just as powerful for me, no matter what the outcome is. And so it is, It we do try to, like, once we were conscious of it, of, okay, the whole, like, beatdown thing, that was 2006 like that that needed to happen we Mm -hmm. needed to learn that lesson Um, a lot of people won't learn that lesson because that's their only tool but we learned what that does okay it separates some people but not of the features that we are valuing which is uh, obviously has a lot to do with the mind and how the mind works and what the mind perceives and what it's willing to put up with eventually hard work will happen but i would rather take down that barrier of entry of like oh i fear physical harm because smart people fear physical harm and I want to deal with smart people. So there's a lot of your experience, I think is, you know, right timing. Um, your persistence allowed us to make the mistakes that we needed to. And hopefully more people get to do that and Mm -hmm. we can continue to clean up mistakes so that we can have more experiences ourselves. Wow. I'm going to, I think we should shut it right there because that's a way better and more open into more open ended and honest sort of explanation or topic discussion attitude than uh, talking about poor aim. Agreed. We had to do that to get there. Yeah. yeah actually, I think sometimes we, you have to go <laughs> through the toilet in order to end up in. Whatever garden. <laughs> in an honest dialogue. In an honest yeah. dialogue, yeah. yeah. But I do think we should continue this because I think there's a number of topics that have come up sort of offline even vis-a-vis the work that that physical training for movie roles or whatever and all of those things. I mean, it's worth um, it's worth exploring. And I think thank you, Paul, for, e- for even broaching the subject and then also for um, steering, being here. Oh, it was awesome to be here. I'll be back. 
Awesome. Okay. You yeah. might be back tomorrow night. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you. gentlemen. All thank right. you. Thank you very much. Thank you.